Okay, welcome to the bomb hole. It is presented by Pub Beer and Run Through a Wall Smelling Salts. We got a special episode for you guys today. Uh, the co-host in the booth with me today is Rob Rosler. Rob, how are you? Feeling electric, Chris. Happy to have you in the booth today. It's going to be a fun conversation with our boy, Louis Medeiros, a.k.a. Cuban Lou. Lou, how are you? I'm vibing, baby. I'm vibing. How are you? Doing great. I'm so happy that you're in here. Uh, and I'm going to fill the listeners in on who you are if they're unfamiliar. So for those who don't know, Louis Medeiros, a.k.a. Cuban Lou, is an absolute anomaly. He's originally from L.A. He's a black snowboard filmer, and he's only been snowboarding for two years. He's already filming and working with the best snowboarders in the world. He's nailing it. He was also an all-American college basketball player. Now he's turned snowboarder. Also an all-star all-American. All kinds of accolades on the basketball front. Uh, he has one of the most infectious, positive attitudes and genuine spirits of anyone I've ever met. And his story is a special one. So let's just get into it. But the first thing I want to get to the bottom of is why do people call you Cuban Lou? I'm half Cuban. Okay. Yeah. My pretty, name. My, my pretty self-explanatory. My full name, like, is Luis. My middle name is Ramon. Mm. My last name is Madadas. So, yeah, I got some uh, Cuban in me. So Madadas is Madaris when you Americanify it. Facts. Okay. Facts. Is that how you introduce yourself? Nah, I just be like, I'm Lou. You're Lou. Okay. It's the vibes. <laughs> cool. Well, let's start from where you grew up and uh, how you got into snowboarding and all that stuff. Yeah, so I grew up, um, I was born in Berkeley, California, um, grew up in L.A., moved down to L.A., probably like kindergarten, first grade maybe, I don't really remember. But um, yeah, I grew up there, grew up in Downey with my mom and my brother, um, for the most part, played basketball, started like really hardcore, like fifth grade, um, like really hardcore, started like going to travel tournaments. Uh, at first it was like YMCA vibe, you know, mom drop you off, have fun type stuff. And then like middle school, you know how you like start meeting kids and you start seeing what's going on. And I found out there's like whole like playing basketball in the summer and stuff. So I started to do that. And, um, yeah, so I did high school, uh, like in, like in the Downey area until my junior year. And then my junior year, I transferred schools to LA. So I went to school on Crenshaw and Slauson. So like, Everybody knows who Nipsey Hussle is, like right where Nipsey Hussle died. My school is literally across the street. So I went to school there. Um, my junior and senior year of high school, played basketball, played football. I was a quarterback there as well. Like my senior year, we won a CIF ring for football. And then I got two CIF rings for basketball there. And uh, that's where like I did a lot of my, like, like I would say, like man growing up. Uh, there, you know, that was like the first time being around a lot of people who looked like me, like going to a, like an all black school. Like we couldn't all we couldn't wear colored shoes. It was a uniform. Um, yeah, that was like a whole ordeal. So, and at and this point, you still never touch a snowboard in your life. Still, just just basketball. Yeah, fuck no, <laughs> straight basketball hooping. Like on the college grind, was talking like I was ESPN top one hundred senior. Um, was ranked starting my sophomore year. So like I. I did basketball. It was night and day. Um, I used to wake up 4.35 o'clock in the morning before school to go work out. My mom would drop me off at the Y. Then I'd walk to school, like, super fucking sweaty. And 
not care. Damn. But also playing football. Yeah, yeah, also playing so, football. So, like, going to football practice and then, like, during football season, go to football practice and then go to basketball practice after. Yeah, it was a – dude, I was all-time well, athlete all the time. I was going to say multi-sport, but then you got two-a-days, right, with football. So it's like <laughs> – Facts. You're, you must you must have had a busy schedule. I was buff as fuck. I was skinny buff, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> now you play point guard? No, 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 I didn't pass the ball. That's not my job. <laughs> It's not my job. A shooting guard. When I mean shooting, I mean I shot that bitch. I'm, I meant it too. That was like that was like a thing. No matter like what team, what age, that has not changed. They're like, you can call homies right now that I played with in like fifth, sixth grade. What did Lou do? He did not pass the ball. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wayne Gretzky says you miss 100 percent of the shots you don't take. Exactly. Facts. I just like for me it was more like, dude, I put so many hours in the gym. My mom's watching. Like, I'm trying to get to college. I'm trying to change our lives. Like, I really don't care about you guys. Yeah, so let's talk about getting those reps up. Like, where did you where did you find the mo- the motivation to go 4.30 before school to shoot buckets? Dude, like, sixth grade is when you, like, I said, I met friends and, and, like, really got into it. So there was, like, a level where I was just playing, like, rec ball, and then I was, like, going to, like, travel ball. So that's, like, a step up. You know, you're, like, expanding, you're traveling, you're spending money, you're, like, playing in front of people who can, like, change your life. And sixth grade... We did it, and there was this kid named Derek Thornton, and Derek would wake up 4.30. He would work out. He would go to school. He would work out again. He would do homework, and then he would work out again. And I remember playing against him, and, like, he embarrassed the fuck out of me. And I was – it was, like, the craziest thing in the world. Like, that was the longest, like, two-hour ride home. And he was my best friend's cousin at the time, so we, like – we saw him a lot. And every time I saw him, I was like, fuck, dude, I, I can't touch homie. And that, like, really, like, I'm super, super competitive and super, like, um, self-critical, like, on on things like that. So I, like, just kind of put my head down. I took My mom took me to Big Five. She bought me a weight vest. I had ankle weights. I had wrist weights. We had cones. And I would, like, hop my elementary school gate and, like, work out there. And then, yeah, like, during starting high school, I would, like, sophomore year, freshman freshman year. I, freshman year was crazy. I lost, lost my dad my freshman year. But sophomore year, I, like, was like, dude, I need to get to college. Like, I have to get to college. And it was like, it was like already a lot. Like, growing, like, how I grew up, like, it wasn't, the, like, it wasn't troubled. But there was a lot of stuff going on that, like, obviously affects you as you grow up. So I had a lot of that shit going on. But I also, like, knew that, like, that shit would go away. And I had to hoop. So that, that was kind of the focus. And I have a little brother. My little brother is six years younger than me. So it's like a very, very, like, I feel like I've always been older than I was. And I knew that there an example had to be set because like for people that look like me it's very easy to just go left or go right and go the wrong way and and fuck your whole shit up Mm -hmm. so i i just knew like regardless of me i had someone behind me looking around so then still that like what what it takes you know what i mean like my little brother knows right now like i'm fuck i was fucking nice like i was just on the phone with him like i fucking did it and he knows like he was there he knows how hard it is to play in college so like that understanding and being able to like kind of communicate and talk, that was like a very important thing for me. Mm. Good on you for being a positive role model. That's fucking awesome. And I can't help to to think that uh, being from LA and hearing about your motivation, that the Mamba mentality from Kobe, did that have any effect on you? Dude, yeah, like that's that's just crazy because my mom like loves the Lakers. Like, like I don't really watch ball. Like, yeah. I never. I'm so competitive. I never watched NBA like that because I was like, I'm gonna see these guys one day. So I really didn't really pay attention. But any Laker game was on. It's on the damn TV. And I remember like watching the Lakers 
as and my mom screaming at the TV and like going through the eight and the twenty four and like just being like from LA. It's, it's I don't know what it is. It's just something about being there that since it's so big and there's so many people and like if you want to stand out and usually like if you're like a kid from like a single parent home you want to stand out like you had to do it and like Kobe obviously stood out so like wanting to stand out was like very important I would say. Mm. That's special. That's awesome. Well, we happen to have a guest question from none other than Russell Winfield. Let's get it going with Russ. Here we go. What's up, Bombhole? Russell Winfield here. Lou, hope all's well with you, my man. Question for you. What would you say the differences and similarities are between your time spent playing AAU ball and college ball and your time now spent in and around the snowboard community? I uh, hope all's well. Again, boys, have a good one. Um, I would say crazy that there's, like, a lot of similarities. Um, snowboarding is really predicted on, like, not predicted. It's, like, determined on your style. And basketball is the same way. Like, everyone has a different style of play, different jumper, um, you know, different way they go to the rim, different game. You know, I was a jump shooter. There's guys who, you know, who slash. There's uh, players who just pass. And I think that really is, like, a big thing with, with snowboarding and the style. Um, I also think it's super important, like how important the relationship is with the crew you hang with. Um, like I don't, I haven't gone in the back country yet, but like going in the back country or just being on, being on the slopes with your homies, like, like me as a filmer, the relationship with the riders is super important. Just like the relationship with my teammate has to be like super important. Like he knows, like once he passes me the ball, he's probably not going to get it back. So like go to the, go rebound. You know what I mean? Like that relationship really means a lot when you're, when you're trying to you know, go professional or, or win college games or win AAU games. So I say, like, the relationship and the style is super important. Like, me, I was uh, – couldn't. none of my coaches liked me because I wore leg tights, I wore an arm sleeve or a headband, had Jordans on. Like, you were going to see me, and I was going to bust your ass. Like, that was the whole vibe. So, like, with snowboarding, like, that's why I fuck with it so much because the steez, like, you know – like, I know – like, Rob can be 5'10", and I can see him riding, and I know it's Rob. Like, that – I think that's so special. Mm. And it's the same with, like, your basketball game. Like, yeah, it's kind of like, you know, players, like, oh, I play like this player a little bit, but I play like this player a little bit. But in reality, like, you guys really do a little bit, but you're still you. Mm-hmm. So I think that's kind of some similarities between the two. Yeah. That's cool, like, thinking about snowboarding, how individuality is encouraged, too. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, everybody's encouraged to be themselves. Whereas in basketball, I almost hear, like, kind of, you want to be one unit, which is also dope in its own right. But, yeah. Facts. I really didn't vibe with that that much, like the one unit thing, because not everyone works the works the amount uh, the same amount. You know what I mean? Yeah, like I point. I know like I we go to the YMCA together. I don't see you in the morning, so uh, there's no way in hell I trust you. Type vibes. You know what I mean? Or I know what you're doing after school, or I I know what you're doing on your off time. Like that type of shit. It's uh, it's hard to like for me. It was hard to do basketball as a team sport because I know like how much it meant to my family mm-hmm. and like how hard the car rides were when I didn't do good or I had like a fucked up attitude or something. Oh my god! Like I know they that might not be the same for them, so I really didn't care mm-hmm. about about them that much. And you're just clearly willing to work harder. Facts. And if you you know if no one else is willing to work harder too, and then you're there to carry their weight. It's tough. Facts. And then like. I always used to always tell my college teammates this, and I'm not friends with any of them, but one, he was in my <laughs> wedding, which, I, no, it is what it is. Like, it they is weren't good. Um, but, damn, what the fuck is I was going to say? 
you tell your college oh i used to tell them all the time they're like you lou why don't you trust us like because you got like at the end of the day bro like if i don't go pro and we don't win a championship why are we doing this so we can tell our kids right i'm gonna tell my kids i was nice and here's that here's to show it you go ahead and show your kids your stats mm, shit that's scary you know you know it's fucking crazy too about about basketball it's like mm-hmm. i played full court basketball maybe like two years ago and by the time we it was like three to two, we were gassed. Like within <laughs> within like six minutes, like five minutes of playing, you're just like, whew. And like, yeah, I mean, you must be in incredible shape to be able to play basketball like that. Like that's just it's insane. It's like snowboarding. Like I think snowboarding is like fucking hard. Like being on my board all day, I get so tired. But you guys are just like tanks and can hit the jumps all day and the rails and hike. That's how it is for basketball. It's just kind of like in you. It's, it's, it's like your body is already conditioned to do it. Like when the homies are like, Lou, just hike the pipe. I'm like, fuck us. <laughs> <laughs> it's the worst thing you guys said all day. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, that's so cool. Let's, let's fast forward through, so through basketball. How did, the, how did you end up eventually finding snowboarding? Yeah, dude. So um, I met my wife. Uh, just give her an air horn. Definitely. Um, we just we just had our uh, one year married anniversary on Sunday. So um, congrats! Thank you, thank you. But um, my wife, uh, she's half Swedish and black, so she like they do the snow sports. Her mom, shout out, let's get mom here. Hey mom. Yeah. Um, she, you know, they do the sport, the snow sports. They snowboarded since they were kids, and um, it was like two years before I like actually got into it. She was like, "Let's go snowboarding for my birthday," and I was like, "Black people don't go snowboarding." I was full LA. I was like, "You're you're I'm not doing this." But I went, and literally, um, it took me two and a half hours to get down Sierra at Tahoe. Two and a half hours. Like, the worst time of my life. And then um, we took, like, a long break of not going because we were both athletes. And then we went, I think, one or two more times, like, just, like, on the roads in Tahoe because it was snowing. And I'm like, obviously, I feel like I know what I'm doing, but I really shit still. Like, really, really shit. (laughs) And then... um, That's not true. (laughs) No, at that time I was bad. I showed you some clips. They're ugly. All right, um, all right. I see, um, no, with, uh, COVID happens, and I've just finished my college, didn't finish my college season. It got cut, canceled. It got canceled. Um, we were, I missed the, the All-Star game, it was, which I was bummed about. But I got to play most of my season, which is kind of crazy. Um, so that season ended, and you know how everything kind of shut down. Um, Dude, I was getting unemployment checks, and I went and bought a camera. I was like, fuck it, dude. I had always wanted to buy a camera because my dad, um, he would always have a camera around him, and I used to always play with him, and I was like, dude, if I could ever have a job, man. Like, I used to always think that as a kid, like, like believe this, but, like, not know how it would happen. Like, oh, if I could get a camera and just, like, find a job where I can just, like, go around the world and do shit, like, that'd be sick. Just do cool shit. So I bought a camera, and we had me and my wife's twin, Mikey, who's like one of my business advocates, let's give her give her, her dues for sure. Um, we walked over to Diamond Peak and Chris Galaro, Galaro and, yep, and, uh, um, no, Skylar Galaro, sorry, and Chris Gulick. They were like just skimming a pond. They were like just a little puddle. They were just riding over the puddle. I was like, yo, like, can I film you, homies? And they were like, yeah. And I filmed it. I just went home, downloaded Premiere Pro, like, put a video together. It was shit. It was, like, 17 back ones in, like, a 30-second video. Because <laughs> I didn't know the tricks. I didn't know what the fuck was going on. And I was like, dude, this that was so much fun. Like, that energy, just being out there. And, yeah, so I kind of w- I went home and, like, 
the first thing that was crazy was the first thing I did was um was message. I just looked up on Instagram like legendary snowboarders, and the first person that popped up was uh, Gigi. I messaged him on Instagram. I have like fucking four thousand followers. I messaged him. I was like, "Yo, I think I want to be a snowboard filmer. Like, what's it gonna take?" And I'm like, obviously he doesn't know the fuck I am. But this motherfucker responds. He responds. is like, you need to talk to Blotto. I'm like, okay, whatever, whoever that is. Message Blotto. After I did some more research, I'm like, oh, shit. Yeah, what's good, homie? <laughs> Hit Blotto. Blotto's like, yo, what's up? I'll be in Tahoe soon. We should hang out. And I'm obviously now I'm like still shit on my board. Like really shit. So now like I know Blotto's kind of going to come by so we can hang or whatever for, for whatever he was coming for. So I would go to Boreal and like, I didn't have a pass. I would just hike up and just stand on the knuckles and film and homies would like come up and say what's up. And like, I had no idea who the fuck anyone was, what snowboarding's about, like what anything has to do with anything. I just knew like, dude, I, I, I vibe with this so much. And basketball was kind of done for me. I had, I kind of skipped this, but before, um, like during like this time period of me filming, everyone can't go to school. But I had I had just got the job out of high school being the the I was the second youngest varsity head basketball coach in California. So like the kids aren't at school, we're not practicing, so I get to do this. Because I'm like, you know, when once school starts, I'll just go back to coaching or whatever. But I'm like, oh shit, this is lit. And um yeah, I kinda do like this the standing around, meeting random homies vibes. And then Blotto hits me up. He's like, yo, I'm in Tahoe. And I so my I'm lucky enough where my wife's family owns a house in Tahoe, and me and my wife own a house in Sacramento. So he hits me up. He's like, yo, I'm going to be in Tahoe. I'm in Tahoe. You want to go riding? And Tahoe's like two hours from SAC. And I was like, yeah, when do you want to go? Tomorrow? He's like, no, let's go in like 10 minutes. Meet me at Homewood. And I'm like, <laughs> one, I'm like two hours away. Two, I can barely fucking snowboard. Like, I, like, you, <laughs> like, you, know, like you know how people, I'm, I'm God awful. Like, it, like you would see me and be like, oh, okay, good luck, buddy. <laughs> I fucking get in my car, dude. I drive. I get to Tahoe in 45 minutes. Like, I'm hauling ass. Like, legit. Like, cars kind of smoking when I pull up, hoping it starts when I get back in it. Kind of stressing. Like, no 4x4, just straight. I got to meet this homie. And me and Blotto have, like, a magical day, dude. Like, for some weird God reason that I, I, I was able to snowboard that day. Like, I could keep up. We were cruising, looking around, and just, we didn't talk, we didn't talk about anything. We just kind of hung out, and it was super, super sick. And... Blotto was like, yeah, man. Like, we we sat in his truck the, right after riding, drunk a beer. And I, he was like, yeah, bro, we're going to go to Boreal tonight and uh, and ride. Me, Colby Sears, uh, Peter Sorelli, and um, Zach Nigro. And at, obviously, I don't know who the fuck these people are. I'm like, yeah, whatever, I'll pull up. So we pull up, and I kind of film them, and we're just hanging out and shit. And I'm doing whatever. This is during um, the time that the One World premiere was happening in, in Dan's garage. Mm-hmm. So this is like the next day they did that. So I kind of had that whole experience, and um, I was like, okay, well, I, I don't know what to do. Like, is this a job for real? Like, and then I went to YouTube and was like, oh, shit, like, found Gimbal God and was, like, mesmerized. Like, actually, like, hours, hours, hours. Let's give him a fucking air horn for yeah. sure. Yes, like, Benny. Like, like, out of everyone, like, weirdly getting to talk to Gigi and then connecting with Blotto and then meeting Zach, like, all those people, like, right, not knowing what the fuck it was, but Gimbal God was, like, the reason that you guys, like, I'm in the booth, like, straight up. Like, he he showed that it it was a job. 
like a real like a job and he's like you know he's he's having fun with the homies he's creating vibes he's he's doing what he loves and I was like dude if this is a job then shit I I know I can do any job in the world like this is this is nothing let's let's figure it out and um I hit I emailed Zach and I was like yo I don't know what the fuck I said but I was like yo what's what's good let's let's run it up and he was like, yeah, hey, I think you should chat with George Carpenter, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, okay, bet. I emailed George. We get on a quick call. I don't even know what we talked about. Like, probably nothing because I have no idea. I didn't even know what the fuck a Burton was. And that's what I'm saying. Like, I, this shit is happening, and I have no idea what's happening. Like, a week later or two weeks later, I go to Mammoth on a, uh, a Mammoth trip with George. And um, George, Timmy, uh, stands there. Yeah. Squad. Squad, right? And... I think they're like a year into losing their pops, not too long. And uh, we just kind of like, George and Timmy and I just really like bonded like crazy. Like I, I've lost my pops and they were just going through that. So that initial like for me um, was like it was already there, just us being homies. And um, yeah, dude, I think. Yeah. So right after that, there's this is this when they brought the Slush World quarters back and. I saw that on social because I now now I, I'm kind of figuring some shit out. I'm figuring out about slush. Okay, that's a that's a mag. Um, I'm figuring out like, okay, I need to get to one of these events to meet some other people. So I I hit up Pat Bridges on email. Pat Bridges, I'm like, yo, I'm trying to fucking film. Like, what's up? And he hits me back. Weirdly enough, so again, people responding to me, and I know that's not how it works because I did the. Like we didn't talk about this, but like basketball, when once I turned 18, I started coaching. And I coached like one of the top AAU programs in the world. Like not in the world, in the in the country. And then at like 22, I started my own camp series. Like I had over, I would say fifteen hundred kids in two years come to my camps. Middle school, high school, we had college coaches, we had scouts. Like I I fucking did that shit, right? So I was like, dude, I can do any job or whatever the case may be. So I'm like, yeah, let, Pat, let me come film. He's like, yeah, for sure. We'll pay you 500 bucks. Come. So I'm like, sick. I go and it's the world quarters. And I've got like a crazy picture from this. So I meet Russell there. I'm starting. I meet Mike McDaniel. Like I say, oh, like, oh, some niggas here. This is crazy. Like, okay. I'm vibing with this. And I'm kind of just floating around, not really talking to anybody. Um, not really worried about like me being a black guy there. Cause I'm just excited as fuck to be there. I'm like, dude, Crazy enough, I'm like standing, I'm sitting somewhere, right? And I'm filming and Kier Dillon drops in and I'm, I had just met Kier on the lift. And he, I'm like, I don't know who that is. I was like, oh, dude, you're, you're kind of karma. What's up, my boy? That's it. Not knowing like who that is, not knowing who Russell is like, or Mike like at all. Just, they're just people at this point. And I sit down, I'm filming. And dude, Danny Davis, I, I know who Danny is because I'm in Tahoe. So I like, I know he's a fucking, he's goaded. He's goaded. He's, he like stands right here. <laughs> And then I'm like, oh, my God, someone needs to get a fucking picture of me and him so I could, this can be like a thing for later. Two seconds later, Jamie Anderson sits right next to me, too. So it's them two and my black ass. And I'm just like, yeah, I think I'm supposed to be here for sure. Like, this, this is it. Like, I haven't done shit. I don't know shit. But, dude, like, this is the pinnacle right here if I'm not, if I'm not mistaken at the time. And I'm like, and still now, I'm like, oh, I'm right. This, this was fucked. So, like, I do that event. And I put some, like, I put some clips out and shit. And, no, dude, I'm getting, like, 20 views. Because all my followers and, like, all the people who know me, it's basketball. They're, like, like my college point guard, he's, like, what the fuck are you doing in the snow? <laughs> my mom is, like, 
are you making any money? <laughs> like not not support not n- not not supporting it, but just asking like, what the fuck am I doing? Because I was really good at basketball, and like I had basketball locked. Like my camps, we made ten grand a weekend. Like I was at twenty two, twenty three. Like first camp, me and my wife went to Tilly's and went crazy. Like, like I was living a good life and I was doing my thing. So like to drop it all, or like like starting to drop it all to like just be around this shit was kind of crazy. So everyone was asking like, what's going on? I was like, I don't know. But this is lit. Like, I'm getting better at snowboarding. I'm, like, still, like, eating shit, trying to follow camp people. Like, like exploding. Literally exploding. It's, like, the fucking worst thing ever. How, but, like, how many, uh, how many you know, setups have you had to uh, fix or uh, <laughs> repair due to some slams? You know what's crazy? Like, out of all the slams, like, the cameras never touched the ground. Like, I, like I, at the time, bro, I couldn't, I couldn't replace that shit. So we could have died and the camera would have been fine. That's you're, you're just like falling. The body. Yeah, like, uh, dude, there was one time I had like my uh, like a pole, like a gimbal, and my camera on it, and I was falling, and I like stuck the gimbal in the ground and kept tumbling. I was like, oh, it's nice. Bam, 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 bam. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking nuts, dude. Nuts. You hear that, Silk? You hear that? That sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> All right, sorry to interrupt. Keep going. Um, shit, where were we? Where was I? Um, talking about follow camming and eating shit. Oh, eating shit. So I'm like, dude, I've got a video of me like doing a selfie run. Um, cause we were the last people on the mountain, uh, for the slush thing. They like, we were, they let us stay late so we can keep going or whatever. And they had groomed all the way down from the top of Palisade to the bottom. And I got to, had to leave early to go do something. And I had to, I got to take like a solo run, like at the end of that by myself down a groomer. And like, it was super emotional. I was like, bruh. I don't know what it's about this snowboard shit, but like, I like, I love it. I literally love it. I like, I don't know what it is, but it's done. I I need to do this for the rest of my life, like legit. I think that, and then like two or three weeks later, I was doing some content for this weed company and I was chatting, been chatting with Stan. I'm like super good at connecting afterwards. And like, I'm super organic too. Like I don't, I only gravitate towards people who I like fuck with me off the rip. Like I don't try to, like, if our energies don't fuck with each other, then it is what it is. I'm just keeping pushing. But me and Stan, like, if I if everyone that I've worked with is like that, like we're we're homies. So me and Stan, we're chopping it up. I was like, Yo, Stan, I got this weed company that I don't. They want to do some shit, and I want to go to Hood, and they were doing soy sauce, and I was like, Sick. Like, what's up? So I already got paid 500 bucks from Slush. That was like my first paid gig, and then I was like, Okay, I want to go to Hood too. And George was like, Yo, you want to go to Hood to film Burton Week? I was like, yeah, what, what the fuck? Let's, let's do it. Like, I'm still like kind of knowing that Burton is like a, a big player, but not understanding. It's like, oh yeah, whatever, dude. Like, sure. So I go to, I go to Hood to film Soy Sauce with Stan, and I stay in what's, what's the city? Government camp. No, the other one. Portland. Far. Sandy. Welches. Welches? I stay in Welches, and I'm disgusted. <laughs> I'm fucking disgusted because it took me like the cab was like 200 bucks and there's no Ubers and I was pissed and I was calling my mom and my wife I was like this is I'm crying I'm like this is the worst shit fuck this I'm I'm hurt but uh, I finally get up to the mountain and uh, I, sh- I meet Crush and I, I shoot the soy sauce thing and um, we do this stuff with the weed company yeah shout out to Crush we got a big event coming up um, and yeah dude I'm a part of soy sauce but that's like the first one they do and I'm like the only black guy there. And I'm like, again, another moment where I'm like, bruh, this is literally just coming from 
me doing what's making my heart happy. And that is like the only thing that, why this is happening. So from like, since when soy sauce happened, I like made a promise to myself and like for my family, like I will only do stuff that makes me happy and that I always want to do. And I will never do anything else. I will trace the dreams I want to chase and do that. And once I said that, dude, like shit just started hitting the fan, dude. Shit started going crazy, going nuts. In a good way, right? Like, yo, oh yeah, good way. Like, I have to come back to Hood a week later. So I've already traveled twice for snowboarding. Mind you, before this, bro, I've been to like five states, never been out of the country, don't have a passport, no flyer miles, none of that shit. I'm, I'm, we're driving to Vegas to go play type shit. That was what I was on. So I go back for, for Hood Week, and I'm like, during Soy Sauce, before that, though, I, I meet Zeb in the bunker. Look at my, my guy Zeb, uh, air horn. I meet him in, um, at... Um, in Charlie's, and I'm just standing there, and dude, I'm I'm with uh, Irie, I think, cause I yeah, I'm with Irie, yeah, my guy, cause we had already met in Tahoe. I'm with Dante Shapani, cause we had already hung out in Tahoe. Um, and Zeb sees me, and he double takes, and he comes up to me, and I said, "Yeah, nigga, I'm here," <laughs> and he's like, "Yeah, like, yo, who are you?" I was like, I, exactly, bro. <laughs> I could just hear Zeb saying that to it. <laughs> Who are you? Dude? Facts, facts. And it's kind of so crazy because I'm I'm in Charlie's and I don't know like where the fuck I am or like what the fuck's going on. I'm just kind of chilling with all the Asian homies and it's lit. And Zeb pulls up and he's got no fucking shoes on. And I'm like, you know, I'm I'm you know I'm 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 very much from LA. I'm like, nigga, where your shoes at? What's going on? But he's like skating with no shoes on. I was like, oh, so he really different. Oh, he, oh. <laughs> I get it. Oh, I, I really got it that day. He went to like you know that wall right on the left, like really hollow in. Rocked a fakie that hoe, no shoes on. I was like, okay, okay, my boy. But after that, I told Zeb, I was like, yo, like, like we sh- we're gonna hang out a lot, bro. Like I don't know what what's about to happen, but shit's about to hit the fan. And he was like, yeah, bro, like for sure. Um, went back home. Before the Burton Week, talked to Russell Winfield first time on the phone because I found out like I had I had messaged him when I first got going. I was like, "Yo, appreciate everything you've done." Straight up, like that's one thing I got to do is like I appreciate the OGs like straight up because like I, there's a lot of shit that they they went through that we won't have to go through, and that's why they're OGs. That's why you know they're original gangsters. So like I, I show love to them. So I we got on the phone. He's like, "Yo, I want you and Zeb to hang out." I said, "Yo, weirdly, like I just hung out with Lil Bro, like." Connect us like on, on a, dip, a, a deeper tip. So Russell hit Zeb up. I was like, "Yo, you guys need to like film some shit." So come back out to Hood Week for Burton. But I'm not. This is not a paid gig. Like George's like, "Yo, go." I'm like, "Okay." And I call him. I'm like, "Yo, where you at?" He's like, "Yeah, I don't know if I'm gonna pull up." And I'm like, "Huh? Like I don't know nobody here. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. <laughs> where the fuck I'm gonna sleep at? Like what's going on?" And he's like, "No, just sleep at the house with the team." I was like. In my, I, I don't know what that means. I'm like, all right, bro, whatever. I get there, so it's Mark McMorris, Mikey Cicerelli, oh, shit. Rob, Nora, um, Brolin, um, Brock, Luke. It's fucked. Riboo. Yeah, Dude, like, it's a squad. Yeah. And now I'm really getting in tune with, like, who the, the riders are in snowboarding. So I'm, I'm meeting homies. I'm meeting Rob. I'm like, so, bro? It's good. But we, like, in- instantly connect because, like, again, I don't gravitate to people that don't just, like, we have that same energy as me. So I immediately gravitate to, like, Luke, Rob, Nora, Brolin, uh, su- su- uh, Mikey. Um, Sparky was super dope, too. Like, we got to chat a little bit. Um, and that was, like, the squad. 
like that I got to like make some relationships with, I would say. And I spent uh that week with them and it was crazy. It was it was it was it was really dope, but it was also like very emotional for me. Like being away from my just my girlfriend at the time, I think. Yeah, who's my wife now, obviously, but like my girlfriend, um, being away being like separated because snowboarding a lot of these people have been doing it since they were kids and they've all known each other since they were kids so I'm like a grown ass man trying to make new friends and it was very like hard as fuck it was hard as fuck being like the only black person around but like with Rob and Brolin but they're like kind of like in- already invested they're on Burton now so like they, they they're solidified like where they are and um it was fucking it was hard as fuck I left I cried maybe twice there it was it was tough but then like, I remember, um, um, fuck his homie's names right now. Um, I'm tripping. Neil, Neil Cummings. He dropped me off at the hotel because George ended up coming and I ended up taking Timmy's hotel room because they wouldn't slept in like a sprinter van. I don't know. But I ended up, he like dropped me off and like drove away. And it was like a weird like movie moment where I was like, nah, fuck that. This shit is real and I love it. This is this is it, like, let's let's run it up. And that's kind of like, I would say, like, chapter one. Like, that was the first year. So I snowboarded by, I think it was 126 days that year. Like, I went full fucking hammy. Yeah. <laughs> I can't remember the last time I got that many days. I didn't this year. <laughs> yeah. And, and so also, beast. like, the arc of your, how you went from where you were as an unknown unexperienced snowboarder to being in a B&B or whatever with Mark McMorris <laughs> in a year is so relatively unheard. It's so unheard of where, where normally it's like, you know, maybe you're a snowboarder, maybe you're trying to like hook up through a rep and you're getting like a product for, it's like such, it's normally a, such a, a longer curve. And actually that brings me to a great question from Zeb Powell that pertains exactly to what we're talking about. Here we go. Yo, what's good, Lou? Zeb here. Um, I got the guest question for you today. Very hard to hear you, Bombo. Congrats and all of that. Um, but did I remember seeing your ass two years ago walking in Lindell's, and we both looked at each other like, what the fuck? Because there's not many of us in the sport. And since that, you know, you, you know about every black person in the sport. So to see you, I was like, what the hell? And now it's two, two and a half years later, you are low-key running shit in your own way. Um, you know, doing shit with Burton, the U.S. team. You got so many connects. You're at Oakley Week. Um, it's just beautiful to see. Like, and that's really not usually how it goes in snowboarding. So my, my question for you would be, how did you go to zero to 100 um, in, in the snowboard industry so quick? Like, what are the values? What, what are the tools you use? Like, what's the mentality? Because it's very, very rare to see um, in snowboarding. I have loved, loved, loved watching it, especially you being a young black man in snowboarding as well. So, yeah. Let's hear the answer, boy. Yeah, all right. Thanks, guys. No, uh, let's give him, yeah, that's my guy. Let's, let's give my guy air horn. Um, also, when I see you, I'm going to tackle your little ass, all right? <laughs> I swear. Uh, um, yeah, dude. Some of the values. I would say, like, number one is fuck everybody. Like, that's the number one. Like, 
Because at the end of the day, bro, you are your main character. It's not about anyone else. So I, number two is like whatever your dream is, and I, I, like you were saying, like I don't know what you're saying, but like I'm a type of person like if you have a dream, bro, if you, there's something you want to do, now that like I've learned that like dude, the people, all the fucking millionaires, billionaires in the world say, you know, do what you want to do. That shit's real. Like do it. Do exactly what you want to do, and like kind of have a game plan, and make sure your game plan isn't scale to what everyone else thinks like you guys said like that's not how it usually goes in snowboarding you don't usually like just jump in you don't like there's a there's a way to go about it you know you you hang with the riders or you were a snowboarder and now you like you know you know the riders you've hanged with some of the companies now you kind of you already know like what iso and f-stop and shit like that is so you kind of buy your own gear and then you start that route i i i saw it as There's no way in hell I can't do this. So why not do it? And do it to the point where, like, I love snowboarding so much that the, I want the kids where I'm from to see the shit and, and just see, know that they can do anything, one. But two, I love people snowboarding. Like, when I'm not filming and I'm just riding with my wife and, and Mikey and, and, and my squad just at home, like, that shit fills my cup. It, oh, my God, it feels so good. So I want people to feel that feeling and I get to feel that shit every time I strap in. But like going back to like what Zeb was asking, I think one number, number one is God. Like God has put me in these positions because I feel like I'm here to help others. Like that's like my main goal. Like Rob knows like everything I do is group oriented. I never do shit for my, like by myself. Oh, I'm not, I'm not talking to companies about just me. I'm not trying to film shit with about just me or just one person. Like it's group oriented. I'm coming at it like a gang, to be honest. Like I'm coming at you with others. So like the value isn't just me, even though like whatever I'm bringing has value. It's it's tenfold. So I think like if you're a kid or you're a homie and you've got homies and you've got like girlfriends, boyfriends, whatever the case may be, get your squad involved in what you're doing. Like I know that's like hard to do with a lot. You know, everyone's got shit going on and stuff like that. But if you like, like, look at Dust Walks, bro. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that they're a squad. They're getting shit done. Bomb holes a squad. They're getting shit done. Pick your homies. Nothing is out of the ordinary. Like, nothing at all. And that's, I think that's one way why things have been happening for the way they are. I, I don't think anything is impossible. Like, there's things in the industry that don't happen that I'm going to make happen. Because I just don't care about any rules. Because I'm not here for them. I'm here for what I'm, my morals and what I'm here for. And I'm here to make like a generational difference for kids back in L.A. Because when I grew up, all you knew was basketball or football. And that's what like the beginning half of my life was predicated on. Like I didn't get a, 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 a passport until 18, 19 months ago. You know what I mean? So like I know what that's like growing up where, we, where I grew up and what your vision is and what you're, you know, you're told you got to go to college to make it out the hood. But in reality, there are so many other things. And I think that having like a good moral standpoint and why you want to do something will help the success of it. Facts. Absolute facts. Dude, you're dropping knowledge. Yeah. Man, Holy like, shit. I'm just, hey, I told you I was coming here <laughs> fucking shit up, yeah, dude. <laughs> just, just, I'm just sitting back and listening. This, that's really fun. You know, in, in pertaining to what you just said, I just was randomly thinking about, uh, I've been wa- you know, walking around Salt Lake. There's all this construction going around. And I think about this with things like, for example, like if I was to get dedicate to my life to building a house, like I could probably build a house by myself and like that, that maybe an apartment that's like, but like 
when you take a group of people and you put them together, you can build a fucking skyscraper. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's incredible what uh, the human collective is capable when they come together. And I think I, I love what you were just saying as it pertains, like, snowboarders and filmmakers have always looked out for themselves, but you coming at it with this group mentality is kind of flipping snowboarding on its fucking head, too, which is, is really special, too. I love that approach, man. I got I to gotta just um, give you some respect for that because it's awesome. Appreciate you. That's like the like having a little brother. Like Everything you do is not... When you have other people with you, everything you do is not for you. You know what I mean? Like my mom, like like air horn shit out of her. Like she Did you give her the super air horn? Super Probably. air horn. Oh, my gosh. Literally. Dude, like my mom is the definition of like teamwork makes the dream work. My mom started, my mom went back to college when I started college and got her master's before I got my undergrad. After raising two kids. Yeah. Like still raising them. Like that's what I'm saying. Like that willpower and that teamwork and and showing and, and being an example, like that changes people's lives. So I like, I think that's like, I feel like I, I could have went left and I didn't go left so that that's like gives me an opportunity to have like impact on others and, and help others. Like I've, I've, either way, I'm going to be good. I'm blessed. You know, I, I'm, I'm taking care of my family. My, my family's health is good. Like either, I feel like either way I'm going to be good. So like, since I really didn't have friends in basketball because niggas sucked, it's different with snowboarding because it's, it's no one sucks. It's just different style or different way of riding, which is super dope. And it's like, I respect everybody because one, everyone deserves to be respected, and two, like they've just been putting in way more years and hours than me. So it's kind of like a. I feel like a lot of snowboarders have a lack of knowledge on how to promote themselves and how to be a business. And like for the brothers, like I got it. Let's run it and teach you everything I know because it's time to get them M's, bruh. Straight up. It's incredible. Did you did you foresee all this stuff happening? Most of it, yeah. Straight up, I kind of I wrote. Well, I wrote. I put it down. On paper, uh, not on paper. I'm not gonna lie. I put it in my notes, and then I reset my phone, so I lost it. But I made a list of like things I want to happen, and things that I want for snowboarding, because I snowboarding. Like I, I looked, I looked at the history. It used to go crazy. You know what I mean? Like the contest, the video parts, like everything used to be so insane, and like now it's like a bunch of kind of bitching and complaining. I'm like, that's sick and all, but like we're just gonna run it up over here. And when this shit's back to the top, don't do all that bitching and complaining still. I like it. I got to say, you know, in exactly what you're talking about, it's really it's really interesting. Is we went to Oakley Week. It was super fun. We all hung out, all three of us. And uh, I remember Gimby and I, Gimbal God, we were talking about the current mm. state of contests. And we were, we were complaining about how... The, just the, the contest series and the lack of contest money and the way it's aired. And we're just, we're just, honestly, we're just kind of bitter, salty fucking dudes that have been in snowboarding since they can walk and like just not looking at it with any appreciation. And fucking Lou literally just slapped some sense into me and Gimby and was like, what the fuck is wrong with you guys? This shit's awesome. Like, I loved, I loved your perspective because. We've been doing it so long that we're jaded. And then listening to you, it's like still this incredible, like, it still is what it is, which is snowboarding is fucking awesome. You know what I mean? And I love, that was almost like, I was like, damn, we got to we gotta have this guy on the podcast because he just slapped some sense into me and gave me because we're <laughs> complaining. But I love that perspective. You really appreciate snowboarding. It's fucking awesome. 
Yeah, crazy that 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 bus ride. I don't know if you guys remember. Like, I was quiet the whole time. I was yeah. just listening. I was like, because mm-hmm. for me, like, you guys are like going on about it, and I'm like, dude, this is like, I'm. We got Chris over here. We got Spinny, and they're just chatting, and I'm like, right here, this is fucking insane. It was and like, I'm getting insider knowledge. I'm like, this is yeah, this is. <laughs> this, I'm living a fucking dream while you guys are complaining, and then, we, <laughs> and then we get on the gondola, and it like it just happens to be us three, and like I'm still kind of tripping because it's Spinny, and I'm like, oh shit. And then you guys are talking, and you guys are like, what do you think? And I'm like, I think this is the best shit ever. And you guys are kind of <laughs> just need to be quiet and enjoy it with me. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It was a great perspective shift. Uh, but, you know, in, in regards to what we were talking about, though, it's like I'm actually going to go back to that space a little bit because it kind of <laughs> pertains to what we're talking about. Because if you think about snowboarding back in the day, having all this money, there used to be big prize money. There used to be all kinds of big contracts and sponsors and and the problem is the reason why the contracts are small and why the prize money is shit and it's because snowboarding is small like snowboarding is in the grand scheme of things you might have like basketball football f1 right and then it trickles down then maybe you got like supercross then below that like you got like skateboarding and then below that and then get the very fucking bottom of all of this shit is this little tiny thing called snowboarding and it's like it's 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 that's a big part of obviously why why people are complaining about contracts and money and and the state of things and it's and we need to grow the sport which brings us to exactly what the fuck we're talking about right it's like you guys have an incredible agenda doing that and it's fucking the whole sport's gonna benefit from it. Appreciate it. I, yeah. On on that topic, I feel like some people are gonna get mad about this, but I don't give a fuck. Yeah. <laughs> like snowboarding is small, but I also think snowboarding has to get out of snowboarding's way. There's there and I came from basketball. Basketball is one of the oldest sports, like right next to soccer. There's a lot and old heads. Don't get mad. All right. I'm looking at the camera. Don't get mad. Like <laughs> there's a lot of old heads that like have got to let go and like know that it was their time and they're legendary as fuck but the sport has to develop to grow and it has to grow with the culture that is like the performative culture or like whoever is in front at the moment has to to lead the charge so when I was playing my shorts were up to like boxer length because that was the vibe then but now it's not the vibe and I think snowboarding has a hard time with like knowing what vibe it is like in in the years as as it's going so I feel like it's just everyone's got to like let everything happen and let whatever trend is going on be the trend and and whatever vibe is happening be the vibe so that so that people can get on more same pages and create crews. I feel like crews are super duper sick because like that vibe like you so Lucas Foster, Joey Oakson, uh Chase Chase Josie, yeah, my boys. Um uh uh Chase Blackwood as well. We're starting a, a half pipe crew with the U.S. team called the Economy because we have our the, our, our shit is like our own uh, economy. Like we all work together, we all do shit together. So it's we call it the Economy. And I feel like if everyone's just worried about their squad and their economies, then all of the stresses of why there's no money. Well, dude, if you're generating money money with your bros and doing like legendary shit and like being creative and not like doing the same shit everyone else is doing but just in black and white or or in white and gray or in red and white whatever the case may be that you'll create something authentic where you can benefit because the 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 goal isn't to 
feed snowboarding. The goal is to enjoy your life with your homies and your family. So worry about that more than what snowboarding is doing. I feel like that's like a big thing. Everyone's worried about what snowboarding is doing when they need to be worrying about like their homie who's in the back drinking every day or the homie who doesn't know like risk management and gets bodied and, and fucks his body up every day, but he's gnarly at snowboarding. Like stop talking about all the dumb shit and like start taking care of like your people. And, and that like with our group, you've been around, bro. Like I don't play that. I'm no nonsense. Like straight up, like most com- loyal dude, like you complain about some shit. I'm going to tell you it straight. Like, this is why it's not happening for you or like, okay, this is how we elevate what you got going mm-hmm. on. I feel like more of that, more self uh, uplifting and, and self criticism mm-hmm. will, will will you don't need to complain because you're just worried about you. Well, and while you keep the homies in check, you'll also lift like lift them up. It isn't just like Facts. yo get up get you know get off your ass like figure it out. You're like all right, let's go. How are we going to figure this out? You know so. Facts. Dude, sure you know, it's I, I love that message. It's like focus on what's right with the shit instead of what's wrong. Facts is what you're saying. Because what's wrong with the shit doesn't it, you can't change it, and it 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 doesn't affect you like. Oh, people like people saying, "Oh, contest kids are are a lot of people say contest kids are whack and or or street parts are whack and all, they go back and forth." And for me, it's like, shut up, dude! You're fucking up all our paper. Like, if you got shut down the contest shit, my bread's fucked up. Yeah. Or if you shut down the streets, Rob's bread's fucked up. Like, bro, be quiet! You're gonna ruin the bag for everybody. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and and the beautiful thing about that too is that the the like contest shit makes the street snowboarding cool. And the contrast of the street snowboarding makes the contest shit cool. Like, you, there's a balance. There's a beautiful balance to the ecosystem of what this thing is, and and I li- I like that point as well. A hundred percent. It's not just about like one aspect being cool. But the the side the side of me that's pessimistic is that like human nature gravitates towards negative shit. It's like you look at like the comments on in an Instagram or whatever when there's negative shit happening. It's fucking people are feeding. It's like. It's like fuck a bunch of vultures that are just, but it's like that's why the news. That's why the news is all negative shit. But back to your point, I don't watch the news. Yeah, exactly. So back to your point, like focus on what's right. I like that. Too you only got, you've only got like, dude. So the little kids out there, Wilder, Wilder and Down, Wilder's eleven. Like, yeah, Wilder. Oh my God, Cheddar Biscuits. Um, you only have so much time on this earth, dude. Like, I like and that. we we never know when we're gonna be gone. So like. Worrying about things that don't matter is just wasting time, straight up. Like mm. that the is, things you can't change. Yeah, it, you're wasting your time. You're wasting time that God gave you, and that's why you see like other people who are like succeeding and they have these carefree mindsets. It's because they they're not like worried about things. They're not wasting your time. And that like if people that ask like, oh, why is why is all this shit happening for this guy who have been in the industry and want and wanted this to happen or whatever the case may be. It's, I'm not worried about nobody but my family, my boys, and, and stacking clips. I like it. Well, speaking of uh, your boy, Wilder, we got a, a <laughs> Patreon question from him. Uh, shout out to our Patreon members. We love you guys. Thank you for supporting the show. He says, Hi, Lou. When you started, you were filming anybody and everybody on the side of the jumps at Boreal. Now you're everywhere. What's the biggest event that catapulted you to where you are now is question number one. Two, when I ride with you, I'm always better. Why are you such a good hype man? And three, Lou, you have an awesome, beautiful wife. Any tips for me? <laughs> Wild <Wilder laughs> yeah, eleven year old. That, those are all great all questions. Those I are think great that questions. Third one. Well, Dude, maybe not. Wilder is um 
he's the only child, and him and his sister were the only children at our wedding. Like, that's how much um, the Burton family means to us. Uh, Wilder's dad was the heli pilot in Art of Flight, so shout out Colin. Airhorn him up. Dude, they, they were, my whole time since they met, they're like, oh, I can't wait for your bomb hole episode. I'm like, dude, me too. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm so stoked he got to ask some questions. Um, the first one was, what event? What that catapulted me. Um, I, this one's like a weird. This is a weird answer. Um, I would say because it, it wasn't like a like I got more jobs after it. It was um, like my my mental changed uh, when I went to X Games. So the first my first year was yeah my first my no 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 my second year. Was it your first year filming? Second year snowboarding? Um, what, no, dude. Not this year, last year. Not this X Games that just happened this year, the one before that. Um, randomly, COVID X Games? COVID X Games. Yep. This is Red, Red, Bull, Red Bull hit me up. Um, I'm, this is get to check something off my list um, to shoot photos at X Games. And I'm like, sick, bro. Like, what the fuck? I'm lit. Like, I'm here. Like, literally, like, as a kid, this is the only thing I see of snowboarding. So I'm like, Sean, Sean White, like, like, he was God when I was a kid. For like, so I'm like, pumped, dude. Um, dude, long story short, because like, it's, it's kind of whack. I got kicked out of X Games. Like, security escorted out, like, of X Games. Like, so the whole weekend, they were kind of, like, really, like, they were calling my Red Bull person, like, oh, where are you, where are you going? Um, why are you in the wrong spot? Because X Games is calling her, saying, oh, Lewis is over here doing something wrong. Lewis is over here doing something wrong. And most of the time, I'm just fucking talking to Clavin or Skin. So I'm really just, like, living a dream. Obviously, I'm not trying to fuck up. I'm the only black guy at X Games with a camera. You know what I mean? Like... So that shit was like crazy. Like they, they had like head security come over to me. Like they asked me if I was like taking the sleds up. Like all media takes sleds to get to the top, right? And they're like, "Oh, we're gonna call the cops because you shouldn't be on the sleds." And they were like, "If you, we see here you here tomorrow, we're gonna we're gonna call you're gonna be arrested." And I'm and I'm I'm like super emotional. I'm like, "All right, whatever, bet." So I, I leave and I go. You know where they have all the 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 media vans and all that shit. So I go in there and I kind of find a spot and I just start screaming and just like very emotional. Call my mom crying because I'm like, bro, like the most racist shit ever in my entire life just happened at the biggest place I was supposed to be. And my wife, my wife usually doesn't come to work, so but she came to work. Her twin came to work and one of their friends, and they were there and we like wrote all this shit down or whatever the case may be. But um, like that experience was like really propelled me because after I was done like being a little bitch and like really like just screaming like I was I, somebody could have died and you'd have been like oh my god but after I was done with that trauma right there I, I learned I was like I'm here for a reason I'm I'm not here for myself like this it, that accomplishment wasn't accomplishment wasn't for me and it went like that that way for a reason it was already written like that so like just know, like, no matter what door I'm going in, it'll always be hard. So that, like, that, that, that taught me, like, a lot and gave me a lot of, like, good scar tissue for when I'm on the road, gone for a, a month or two weeks or whatever the case may be. Like, this shit is going to be hard and you can be at the top. But it's really about, like, why are you doing this? And that, I would say that propelled me to, like, really focus in and start fucking shit up. Damn, dude, that's powerful shit. Some knowledge. Hey, I fuck with X Games though. It's all good. Like, we could do some work. Like, I'm trying to be young Salimo on the bottom. Like, let's let's work some shit out. Like, let's put that shit to the side. It is what it is. Uh, we had two more questions. 
part two, why are you such a hype man? And then the question about uh, any tips for finding a wife, I believe. <laughs> Got me so hyped to <laughs> talk about the hype man part, right? <laughs> yeah, dude. Um, why am I such a hype man? Dude, I was like that in basketball. Like, I was super energetic, as you can see. Like, I'm just an energy type of person. But the one thing about snowboarders, bro, you guys are act like you motherfuckers are in the finals every day. Oh, my God. Every trick is you're pissed. Or, my, oh, this sucked. This sucked. When I'm looking at it, like, bro, like, snowboarding is one is probably like the hardest sport in the world to f to do any rail trick to do any flip trick to do fucking anything it is literally like coming from basketball it is the hardest shit in the world so like i never understood why homies were like down about something one because you're snowboarding this shit's like a privileged sport anyway two it's like bro like you're sick trust me i can't do any of this shit like you are fucking gnarly so that's like the energy I always want to have, like, when the homies are with me, like, or filming with me, they just know, like, it doesn't matter what's going on, bro, we lit. And, like, I'm big on the youngins. Like, I hang out with Wilder, hang out with LJ a lot. Like, I want to instill that in them so that this is what all snowboarders should do, take care of their little homies. So when my little homies are 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, creating the culture, they've got good morals. It's not about landing and stomping tricks. It's about having fun and being hype with your homies. That's how you create culture. That's how you change shit. You teach your young homies a lot, and you be a big homie. So that's, like, why I'm a hype man. And man. because I'm hype, bro. Snowboarding's lit. <laughs> Fuck, man. Dropping knowledge all day long in this thing. All right, we're going to take a quick break and talk to you guys about Bub's Naturals. We're always talking about it here at the Bomb Hole because we hammer all of their products. They recently came out with Bub's Brew. It's their coffee bean. The original blend. It's USDA organic, it's fair trade, and also it's first ever coffee bean to be Whole30 approved. Another thing we're going to talk about today is Bub's Fountain of Youth Collagen. I actually just discovered that they made flavored collagen, didn't know that, and uh, I've been hammering the Fountain of Youth Collagen because it's tasty, it's a nice berry flavor, and we all want to relive our glory days out on the battlefield, and if you want to do that, you got to take care of your body, and collagen is huge for, you know, recovery. So you can go out there and pretend you're still 18 years old, even though you can't grab your snowboard. So we recommend Bub's Naturals. Uh, if you head on over to their website, bubsnaturals.com, use promo code BOMBHOLE to get 20% off your order. Again, bubsnaturals.com, promo code BOMBHOLE. Get there. Yeah, earlier off air, uh, you were mentioning that... Uh, something Blotto said, a piece of advice. I thought that'd be interesting for you to share. Yeah, um, when I met Blotto, he was letting me know, like, yo, like, if you want to do anything in snowboarding, you got to be around. And at the time when he said that, I was like, I'm a hustler. Like, my mom was a hustler. Dude, my mom used to snail s sell snacks at our basketball games. She would fucking sell her wristband that she bought to get in the gym when she was leaving the gym. Like, hustler vibes. So, like, I was like, dude, like, being around is nothing. But I feel like that's super big in snowboarding, you know, like, if there's an event, dude, go poach, straight up. Like, there was a grand, the, the first year I was snowboarding, so, like, February I took my first trip, and it was a rev tour, and the next week it was the Grand Prix at Buttermilk. And I hit up a bunch of people. I looked online like a, like a regular person and emailed everyone, and they were like, no. I was like, bet. So I snuck on the course. Obviously, like, covered up my whole body because they're going to be, who's this black guy because there's no black guys. Covered up my whole body, but, like, just being, but, when I after I did that, dude, I met uh, Finn Bullock, uh, who's uh, on the rookie team. Yeah, shout out Finn. Finn was like actually the first kid that I got to stay with and film. Finn was 15. I'm 25, 26, and he, they're like, 
family just rocks with my energy. Like, yeah, let's you guys film. So I stayed with him and shit. And he was like the first kid I like, got to stay and do time with. But like because I took the time to like made sure I was around, I met him and then I met some other people and, and, and I just the more you take advantage of opportunities and, and make opportunities for yourself, because nobody's going to fucking, uh, you know, nobody's going to call you out of nowhere and be like, yo, we want you to come work unless you're like top shit, which still really doesn't even happen. So, like, if you're not making it for yourself and like being around and like, I just wanted people to know, like, you're going to you're going to see me and you're going to ask yourself, like, who is this guy? Why? Why is he here? And that's that. That's a good thing when you're around and you people can see you, your hustle not only for like your your social presence but like yourself like knowing you have what it takes to be around is is super important mm. great advice i always That's heard i always love the quote shane uh, Charles Blau would always say is like sometimes the trick is just showing up mm-hmm. facts great advice well uh speaking of that advice from blotto we have a guest mm-hmm. question from the legend dean blotto gray here we go greetings listeners Welcome to another episode of The Bomb Hole. Dean Blotto Gray here. And Lou, thanks for sitting down in the booth. Can't wait to listen. My question for you was, how'd you get into filming? What's your inspiration? What types of cameras are you using? What are you thinking about when you're editing? The vibe you're trying to put across? All that good stuff. Let us know and can't wait to listen. Shout out the Big B, Brad. Love that, dude. <laughs> Love that guy, man. Um... Yeah, like some of my inspiration, what I'm shooting with, dude. I started with like a $650 camera, Canon, mirrorless. Uh, just bought it from from fucking uh, Best Buy, straight up. I was like, oh, this is you know, this is the best shit ever. Like, let's go. I get to film some shit. Uh, still not knowing what the world of snowboarding was, but um, yeah, dude. I started with that. And anybody wanting to start, like, I have a lot of hum- little homies hit me up in my DMs, and I always hit you back for sure, um, asking like what to film with and and what did I start with and what I'm filming with now. Um, Dude, start with, like, some cheap shit for sure. Enjoy the vibes, you know? Um, yeah, and then he asked about, like, style and, like, what I'm shooting with now. So I was shooting with the FX3 a lot, uh, but I just bought a red um, upgrade later. I'm probably pretty fucking stoked I bought a red. It's, like, my biggest purchase of my life. Motherfucker costs more than my car. It's ridiculous. <laughs> it's actually so fucked. Um, but, yeah, um, that's what I'm shooting with now. Uh, my vibe when I'm editing, like, the one thing about me, I don't really have, like, a vibe. Um, I, every time I edit, I just want to have fun and I just want to get better because I'm still really new into this. And even though like every time I film snowboarding, I feel like it gets way better and the homies let me know when it sucks and when it's getting better. And they've been letting me know my shit's like hot right now. Like my shit's going, I think it's super good to like take your time and really like just have fun. And I'm still like learning a lot. You know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm pretty solid and proficient about a lot of stuff, but you know, you can always learn and, and stuff, but I'm learning a lot and I'm I'm learning what I like to shoot and what I like things to look at look like. So they're really not like a style. I'm just kinda like throwing some shit together, putting some dope music to it that I listen to, that my family, like when we watch it, we're gonna bob our heads to type shit. And um yeah, that's kinda what I do. And I, I advise everyone to do that, you know, like I love watching like Russell Six Nine's videos and Colden Rand and fucking Dave eighteen and um fucking skin and, and spinny and and yeah i give homage to all 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 the filmer homies out there fucking standing in the cold filming these guys like you guys are like literally the ones straight up um but like those homies like i watch their videos and i see them every day type shit and i tell them all the time like dude your videos are so good like like i i, I draw inspo from them 
and I let them know. And like, I think that goes a lot in your, in your self editing. Like if you see something you like and you don't let homies know, then you're like low key jocking their shit when you do it. But if you let homie know and you, you do his shit, then you're paying homage. So it's a lot different reaction and it's a lot different internal reaction. So like, if I like some stuff, like I tell Colton all the time, like, bro, how you do that? Like I ask, like, that's the one thing I don't, there's some film homies who you ask them shit and they don't tell you and like respect, but like whatever, homie. Like I'm gonna figure the shit out. Like there's not a lot of ways you can do the shit differently. But like I like to ask homies like what's wh- how'd you do that or like you know what's this vibe or or you know what's why, why are my settings kind of fucked or whatever the case. And like a lot of the time because it's me and like I'm just you know whoever if I'm talking to you we already fuck with each other. Um, so like my response from them is like dope and they help me out and stuff. So like when I when I take a piece of their their creativeness and I put it in my shit, it's 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 a it's a it's a better feeling at home when I'm watching it. You know, chiding my wife like, oh yeah, Colden shot it like this, so I did it like this. Or oh, I saw Dave follow like this, so I did it like that. You know what I mean? Or I saw Fabio follow like this, so I want to do it like that. Like, I definitely like have friends and 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 in the industry and make sure you like trade ideas with them and and also just ask for help. Like straight up, just ask for help. Like. Two years in, you can't know everything, or fucking ten years in, you can't know everything. So like, remembering that, like, at the end of the day, bro, we're just making videos. Man, I got a question. I was just thinking about that. You you came in, you 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 were the fucking man in basketball, like, killing it, right? You've you've established your your like tenure there, where you just you know the players, you know how the whole basketball industry works. You're good at it. Uh, you know you're fucking good at it. And then you go into this thing that you are like a true beginner. And uh, how was that on, on like the ego, the the, the learning, learning curve and all that? Yeah, you talk about like the ego in like the beginning. Yeah, dude, it was, it was like being a freshman, trying off of varsity. But like when you're a freshman, there's no way you're making varsity unless you're like built like that. And, like, I, I wasn't, like, I'm not coming in here fucking doing switchback nines or anything. So I'm not built like that, right? So it was it was really, it was exciting as fuck for me because I'm such a competitor. Like, I was excited to suck. Oh, that's why, I'm, that's why you see me so much because I'm excited every day about, like, because I knew what my videos used to look like. And I, I knew how homies used to treat me. Bro, homies in Tahoe used to be, like, and you probably know this, so, like, homies in Tahoe used to be, like, oh, yeah, I don't know if I want to film with Lou. He doesn't really get it. And, like, they would tell me. And I'm, I'm like, that's right. But in a minute, you're going to be so pissed that you fucked up with my energy, bro. Like, that's going to suck. <laughs> and I see those homies now, and they see me filming, and they're, like, with the squad that I brought type shit. And they're like, damn. Ouch. <laughs> they're like, I fucked up. And I'm like, yeah, you did. It sucks. <laughs> so, like, yeah, in the beginning, it was, it, was, it was hard as fuck. It was hard as fuck because I just wanted – you just want to be good. You want to be one. You want to be good amongst your peers. And snowboarding is like so crazy. Where the filmer rider relationship is nothing like I've ever seen. Like if the if the riders do not fuck with you off the snowboard, it has nothing to do with on the snowboard. Because when you're on your snowboard, like it'll all make sense. Because if you're homies, but off the snowboard, like if you don't vibe with them, there there is no relationship. So there is no no tap like oh yo you're trying to get a clip like you were trying to get this there is none of that there is so like it, it was a lot in the beginning that's why i was like so felt so like alone and it was emotional because i'm like fuck i'm hanging around the varsity guys but i'm just not good enough but it is it's okay because once my fucking black ass gets good enough oh my god you guys are gonna be sick 
everyone already fucks with the energy so exactly so once my like once my shit and then like people like like luke winkleman like he he would he he's like really good homie like people i I feel like people should take his energy and fucking replicate it Mm -hmm. um big time every time he would see me he'd be like lou you trying to get a line and if i like like if you follow Cameron, you there's no way in fucking hell unless you're gonna fly over the knuckle or you're dropping at the same time as the rider. You're gonna drop before, right? I I didn't know that for a long time. And dude, in locks this year, I'm like trying to keep up with Luke on the fucking locks open course. I'm already fucking scared because I'm like, this is a year and a half in. I'm like, dude, this is so scary. We're going so fast. Like, I've I've done it before, but this is still like, oh my god, everybody in the fucking world is literally watching us warm up. And he's like, Lou, drop before me. I'm, since I'm going so fast, I'm going to catch up to you and you can just, you'll be there. So I drop before him and I'm like, nigga, this is it. What? But like, if he wouldn't have like, snowboarders see everything. Like you guys, like you see everything. You guys are little critiquers. So like all it took for him to give me advice, you know what I mean? So all it takes for people to, to, to lend a hand to change a life straight up. So now like I did some follows. And now, like, Red Bull USA is posting my shit. And now, like, people are like, oh, shit, Lewis is doing big things. But I'm not, I'm, I'm not doing shit without the homies. If, the hom- if you don't have your homies back, nothing good happens. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Facts. Yep. Yeah, it's not what you know. It's who you know always do as well. But, yeah, that's, that's incredible. You know, thinking about that with the, the climate of the snowboarding, you know, there's a lot of shit talking on the 1800s and all that and whatever. But, like, how incredible <laughs> is it? You filmed the U.S. team. Watching like Winkleman, watching the guys warm up and do like second run through the park. Like they've only hit the jumps once. They probably spun them all first run, but they're just like doing unbelievable shit. Like the level of confidence those competitive snowboarders have on their snowboard is fucking incredible to watch, huh? Facts. Like it, seeing that firsthand must be fun. Dude, it's, it's for me, it's just like there's two parts of it. Because now that I'm getting a little bit, I would say, a little bit more seasoned and the homies are trusting me a little bit more. One, it's like, damn, bro. Like, for me, like, I got videos of me dancing between rails and locks during the fucking, during practice. During fucking finals practice. I'm literally, they bumping Tupac. I'm in the middle of the rails by Anna Kamorgan, fucking uh, Marcus Cleveland are flying by me. And I'm fucking two-stepping. I'm like, this shit lit. <laughs> There's like the, the part where I'm like, just it, absorbing it all because it's so fun. And these these tricks are like. Like I said before, dude, there's unimaginable. I can't imagine fucking doing like half of this shit. More than half. I'm I'd be tweaking. Like shit's crazy. But then the other side we're like, there's a homie who comes who just fell on like the second jump and he pulls up on the third jump and I'm standing on the third jump and he's like kind of bummed. But he know like I'm his homie, so he's coming. We're talking about like game plan type shit now. So it's like it goes from like being ah to like, yeah, bro, no, how he's how was like what happened? Oh, you're kinda going slow. Oh, you didn't really have much snap, like like it goes to kind of like a being a homie moment, so it's it's, it's two parts for sure. Mm-hmm. That's fucking cool. I love that. Well, uh, we're gonna get into a guest question here uh, th- from a gentleman who is in the shipping department here at the bomb hole. Um, goes by the name of Danny Spadero. Here we go. What's up, Q? Heard you used to be a bit of a hooper. This is Danny from the back room. Kind of a rec league problem. Take those ankles right out of those shoes. Heard Disney on ice is hiring. Put you on skates, pal. Seeing if you got the gusto to take me one on one to a game of seven. Are we good? (laughs) (laughs) So you got the gusto? (laughs) That's crazy. 
that he's that confident. That's so scary. That's scary. <laughs> yeah, how do you feel about playing Danny in one-on-one? Uh, -on -one? I mean, I'm going to bust his ass, but it just sucks <laughs> for Danny because, like, if people, like, like I feel like people are going to watch this because they watch all of these, and then they, if they have to watch me bust his ass, they're going to be so, like... <laughs> he's going to have to move. Yeah, he might have to really, like, think of, like, this is not a great decision. <laughs> Dude, when you called me about like, yo, you might be wanting to play basketball, I was like, I'm down, but this isn't the best decision for the homies <laughs> that have to guard me. Like, that's so scary. <laughs> All right, we're gonna play in a little bit. Let's drop, let's drop the one-on-one -on -one in right here for uh, for the people listening and watching. It's gonna be a cakewalk, dude. I'm a dog. Snowballs. I get ball first, so you might not see it. I'm already out of breath. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, yeah, dang. Oh, that was my one. That was my one. Good. Breakdown what happened was Danny woke up on the wrong side of the court. Uh, came out there, he did his best. How many points you scored, Danny? Uh, close to two. Yeah, yeah. Zero. It's a goose egg. A goose egg. Goose egg, seven zip. Uh, he tried his best. But at the end of the day, I told you we go in there to be about two minutes, probably maybe two and a half, maybe three. A little long, but it was quick. How you feel like his ankles are doing right now? Play the clip. <laughs> I gave him my all. <laughs> all right, it's time for a fun section of the show. We call Run Through a Wall Trivia. We got a theme song. Here we go. Welcome to Run Through a Wall Trivia. So, Lou, how this works is we have the buzzer, which is really fun. When you get it wrong, I love kind of smash Yeah, that it's one. great. And so the premise of this is we, gonna, we want it to be semi-rapid fire. So you got five seconds to answer each question. And the idea is basically if you get it right, you don't have to do a salt. If you get it wrong, you got to do a smelling salt. And now, Chris, is he popping a new one every time? I think he we should go new ones because the new I ones have so a little too. bit more. Uh, they got a little more onion, in, if you will. Oh, fuck. So, um, yeah, I, uh, you know, nice. I didn't know how Close. deep your, your knowledge of snowboarding was. Uh, so we do have some kind of basketball slash snowboarding trivia. We got a bunch of questions here. So it's simple. If you hit the buzzer, uh, you got to do a smelling salt. And so how it works is you pinch it, you put it up to your nose and it's gonna, it's gonna like, you can just give it a little whiff and then, uh, I'm going to get them all right. So <laughs> you might I'm not. 
<laughs> it's like uh, enjoy your first smelling salt, brother. Okay, and then I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna go rapid fire. So as you're smelling, I'm hitting you with another question. All so right, I'm just letting you know that that's the concept here. Let's do this. Okay, first question: How many rings does Kobe Bryant have? Five. That's correct. Who were the Lakers tied with for most championships? Celtics. That's correct. Boston Celtics. Good answer. Okay, next question. Who was the loss to during the Lakers 15-1 play finals run? Playoff finals run. Five, four, three, the Celtics. two. Incorrect. Smelling hit salt. a smelling salt. Okay. Oh! Who has the most... <laughs> God, what the shit? Winter <laughs> X Games medals. Oh, my God. It's Sparky. That's correct. Who has oh, the most nice. female Winter X Games medals? Jamie Anderson. How He's many? Good. How many medals does Mark Morris have? I think it was 21. 22. 22. Oh, 22 is correct. I wanted what? to hit the button. You motherfuckers, let's go! That's what the fuck we do! How many championships? We're going to do one for how? winning, motherfuckers. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, fuck. This is the worst shit ever. <laughs> Oh God! <laughs> okay, how many champions of the championships have the Lakers won? Uh, uh, seven or eight? Eight, eight, eight. Championships? Yeah, eight. Seventeen. <laughs> oh my God! I'm drunk. Uh, who played in Game Six of the nineteen? Who played center in Game Six of the nineteen eighty Finals? Five. Oh, fuck. Four, Will, Will Chamberlain? Three, I don't know. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Kareem. Kareem. Magic Johnson. Magic Johnson. Dude, I don't want okay. Who has the most points in a single game for the Lakers? Kobe Bryant, 81. That, that's correct. What college did Kobe graduate from? He didn't go to college. Damn, it's a trick question. You're right. Straight to the NBA. Correct. What was Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's nickname? Five. Tall, four, lanky nigga. Three. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. <laughs> How many Wasn't rings would Kobe and Shaq have if Shaq never left? A billion. A billion. That's actually correct. Okay. When did Kwame Brown go to the Lakers? What year? Who, who the fuck? God, I don't know. I don't. <laughs> Dude, just got hammered. Uh, Rob, we should probably hit a couple just for good yeah, measure. Yeah, 100%. A couple? Around. Yeah. Oh, my God. How are you feeling? How are you feeling? Like I could run through a wall. Yeah, let's that's go. gotta be a show record. Yeah, that's, look at that. It's a it's a graveyard of salts right there. Dude, the, you guys want to toss me one over here? Oh yeah, oh, yeah. Silk D. Here Get, you go, Silk. Silk's got the Silk camera. By the way, this is the world debut of the Silk camera. Oh, God, let's get crazy. you hitting one on camera here. Yeah, hit that shit, Silk. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh. In. In. oh yeah. The <laughs> Dude. That's delicious. You know Silk's that in a band, amazing. he puts his band his like soft spoken band voice on on the radio. It's oh, he, got, he gave us the ASMR pop yeah. too. That was great. Wow. <coughs> oh. Oh. Oh, I just want to keep going back. It's so bad, but it's so good. It's so bad, but it's so good. Okay. Uh Run through wall smelling salts available at bombhole.com. Holy fuck. Use promo code CubanLoo for 0% off. Zero. Oh. <laughs> fuck, dude. That was intense. Oh. You know, you guys ever see when Zeb did? Yeah, he's drunk. That's why I not tried to do that. Mm -hmm. It looked like it really hurt. You know that it, his something started coming out of his ears. It was like. Oh, he tweaked it. <laughs> yeah, it was. He went in like. You think he kind of. Fucked his shit up. He, Dude, he did what Zeb does. He went, he went big. 
Dude, that was intense. Yeah, right, we gotta definitely get this took thing. a bigger whiff than last time. Oh, holy hell. We got to get this thing back on the rails here. Okay. Wow. Mm. My heart almost exploded. Maybe we hit up a Salema question right now. How does that sound Ooh. to you guys? Run it. Run it. That sounds great. While well, I'm still feeling spicy. <clears throat> okay. I just can't wait to hear his voice. Yeah. Here we go. Peace. Cuban Lou. It's your man's Salema of the Masakellas. Ha ha. I know you're like, wait, I just talked to him yesterday. Um, but this ain't about me. It's about you. So happy for you that uh, your story is being told to uh, the masses of snowboarding culture because I think it's one of the most beautiful stories that we have. Um, but I'll get straight to it. What is it that snowboarding has taught you about yourself that you didn't know you needed? Have fun uh, with Grenier. Proud of you. Talk to you soon. Shout out to Big Homie. That was a good, shout out to Big Homie. That's my I call him Unc. I call I, I call all the OGs homies. I mean the OGs uh Unc. Call Russ Unc. Salima Unc. All the OGs. Um, that I haven't that I learned about myself. Um, yeah. So like, so growing up, I like. My dad was my dad sold drugs, so he he was in and out. But he was a really good pops, like, like loving wise, like you know, played catch, taught you sports type shit. Um, but like I, when I lost him, he was murdered in ninth grade when I was fifteen. Um, I kind of like I not went into a shelter, but I kind of knew like it was me versus everybody. And I think snowboarding, like with the help of my wife, my mom, my wife's mom, my wife's sister, my little brother. Like, it's taught me that it's impossible to do anything alone. I think that's what I learned about myself. Like, I was very anti-help. And then I learned that, like, it's there's so many people that can help you. And that I do need help. I do need others. I do need, you know, um, acceptance from others. You know, I enjoy that. I do like being around people. I do like, you know, laughing. Um, I do like, you know, just enjoying others' company because a while it was just me and I'm like, dude, I got to do this for the squad. You know, I got to do this for my family. Like, no friends, not passing you the ball type shit. You know what I mean? I think Snowburner's taught me that it's it's better to do it with a group and then also, like, know when you need help. I think that's taught me a lot that I, I didn't know before, like, needing help. I was like, no, nah, I never need help. Fuck all that. But when I started snowboarding, I was like, I, like, really started, like, learning about, like, financial literacy through my, my wife's mom and also my mom as well and, like, like learning to grow up. And I learned that, like, you need help doing that growing up because you don't know shit if you don't know shit. So I think it really taught me that to be open to help and being around others and, 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 and being myself. Um, around others, I think that was a big part because in basketball, you know, it's one of those tie sports where you know, like, you know, you're not in the game, you're wearing a tie, you got to talk a certain way, and that's not all, that's not everybody, you know what I mean? And I was I had to do that, I had to do interviews, and I had to be a certain way, and I had to say certain words and shit like that. And then snowboarding taught me to really be me, uh, how I didn't know how to be me, and not care about how people feel about it. So like, 
learning who I am and then learning how to always be me. Like how you guys see me now, how you hang out with me, Rob, you hang out with me, you hang out with me a lot. Like I don't change for anybody. So I, th I think that really, I had a, li a lot of that before snowboarding, but like since it's happened, like I've really like full heartedly, like if I was playing basketball, I, I wouldn't have been speaking like the way I am on this on the podcast, you feel me? But since I've learned so much about myself and like the help and the, the everything I've learned, now it's just like you get 100% lose the whole time. Like that. <clears throat> Unap Always. Unapologetically yourself. Facts. Fuck them all. That's good shit, man. Proud of you, Doug. It's fucking awesome. So hyped to have the pleasure of spending time with you, dude. It's great. Appreciate you, big boy. And just like hearing you say this now, it's like you'll be like, oh, yeah, my, my homies are sick of the positivity. Nah, dude. Like, <laughs> keep it coming. Like, even still, I'm just like, oh. like I'm, those things are worn off, and now I'm ready to run through a wall. So, <laughs> seriously, it's great energy. Appreciate it. Yeah, the <clears throat> the positivity. Like, where where is that? Do you think that was something that was, like, you were born with, or just, did you have to f like foster that? I, I I say it was it was just built in. It's built in. My mom, dude, like raising two kids. You know, my mom like really had to go through the ringer to like get her own life together. She had me at eighteen. You know what I mean, like. Um, really young, obviously still a child herself, and then having to do all that and put me through basketball and, and do all of that stuff. So, like, she never really was mad about doing that shit. She was really upset when I had a bad attitude on things because, obviously, like, I was going through stuff as a kid and not having a, a pops around and all that type shit. But, like, she, no matter when we went out in public, bro, she was happy. She would greet people. She would she would be happy to fucking be selling snacks. She'd be happy to be co coaching my little brother's softball team or whatever the case, like, she always had a smile, and it was like, well, fuck, dude. Like, this is who we are. We are always usually happy unless something's going down. So, like, that's just she, – she really instilled that of, like, you know, there's no there, – there's a lot of bad shit going on, but fuck, dude, you know, we could be worried about a lot of other things that we could be worried about right now. So, mm. yeah, I'm saying my mom really gave me that. And, like, I also just don't give a fuck about nothing. Which also is like from her too, like but I and my and my pops, like I really never really cared like about people's opinions, like coaches. Like I used to not play because coaches would be like, "Oh, you got a bad attitude." I'm like, "I'm the best nigga on the team. I don't care." Like I, but that you know that's not the best attitude with team sports. But like through life, it, no one fucking opinion matters. So like, I I was just happy with myself. Really, like I've always been like super. I wouldn't say in tune with myself, but like always knew like you know. I, I got me regardless. My family's got me regardless. So everybody else deserves a smile out of me. That's good shit. God damn. That's Lou. just good shit. That's all that is. That's all that is. After everything you say today. That's just all good yeah. shit. What about uh, culture shifters? <clears throat> I'd love to hear you talk about that. Yeah, dog. It's crazy because there's like two versions I get of like other people's opinions. Like... The outside opinions, like, oh, you know, culture shifters look sick. Oh, you know, like, you know, it'd be, it'd be sick if we could all go and da, da 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 And I'm like, yeah, dude, obviously, like, we'd love to have everybody there and shit. And, like, they're definitely working on to make it super eventful for everybody. You know, we got some shit in the works. But, like, being there is, like, exactly why snowboarding is what it is to me. Like, hearing people's, Rob's been there, hearing people that have never snowboarded snowboard and say, this was the best weekend of my life. You know what kind of statement that is? Like, legit. Like, people have lived. 
people do a lot of shit, but they say like the best weekend of my life was snowboarding and they don't even know how. And they haven't even ridden any pow. Like, like that shit just I just I I I generally know they're telling the truth because it I, I know that feeling. You know what I mean? Like also like being around a group of um, you know, people that look like us on the mountain, black, black, brown, whatever, Filipino, I think that shit is crazy because I know what it felt like. Like I would say like Rob, Zeb, um, you know, um uh a lot of people who grew up in snowboarding, they desensitized to it because they've been in it and they know they they, they just kinda phase through it because they're they're on a different journey. They're trying to, you know, they're trying to do be a performance athlete, they're doing their shit, video parts, like they kinda, you know, they don't they don't look at that shit that much. But like me, I like look at that shit heavy because like I came from basketball where a lot of homies like you play a white boy team like once in a while type shit. But, like, for me, hearing other people say, like, oh, this is so sick. Oh, I didn't know we did this. And then, like, also having, like, this year we had Red Bull and Burton and Fat Tire and Aspen Snowmass involved in it. Like, I think that's a really big thing when companies are, like, putting their their efforts into something like this. You know what I mean? And a lot of people can take it, like, oh, you know, they're just showing face and da-da-da-da-da. But, like, we could name a fucking list, a book of snowboarding companies who don't even try. So I think it's really important to, like, give thanks and give kudos and flowers when it's due. I think Burden and Burden, because they originated it with TJ and Jesse and Zeb and Salima and George, they, like, and Ferg, they really took a big step into, like, what, you know, the the, the overall, the takeover, honestly, like, the, the what's fucking happening, like, People see culture shifters and they're like, dude, that shit looks fun. Because it is fun. We literally had a whole hotel to ourselves and brought DJs that are already like snowboarding with us to fuck the whole shit up. Like that's literally all we did for three days was fuck Aspen up. Just think about doing that with your homies. Like it was pretty sick. Dude, we get we get there and we start fucking shit up. Like it's crazy. Then you got like Sparky and and Luke, and you got like, you know, you got uh Tweak Tune and Basil who are in the music industry. But they're like, we met them at the they were at the first culture shifters and now they go to big snow and they snowboard and they like they they like to go snowboarding but they're like you know basil's like one of the up and coming best D- dps in the music industry doing music videos like destroy lonely and and people like that and tweak tune has like num- he had the number one song with alicia keys last year and, and fabio Four and like See people your gods, are, baby yeah people are like doing things in other spaces but like you brought them to culture shifters and now they love snowboarding i think like that's the number one thing snowboarding wants to do is bring people to snowboarding. And I think doing it the culture shift away is fucking sick, especially when you got Zeb Powell and Salima at the fucking helm of it. Well, my black ass recording, like I'm with it. Shit's yeah. It's so dope. Yeah. You guys are killing it. It's fucking awesome. Uh, especially to see what you guys have created. I mean, especially from where we've came too, right? You're like where snowboarding came. It's shit. There's nothing like that. Snowboarding uh, ever. <coughs> Facts. Right? Facts. I think, yeah, and I, I think that the people, like, the people also organizing the event, like, deserve kudos. Colby, Zach Nigro, like, uh, Ashley, those people, with uh, Chelsea, those people behind the, the scenes, like, those people are, bro, they're, they're making our dreams realities, and they're also changing, cult, they're changing snowboarding as we know it for us in this time. Like, those people, like, for me, those people should be, you know, um, 
shown off just as much as the riders because like if snowboarding wants to keep growing i think people need to understand that there's different ways to be in snowboarding there's mm-hmm. filmers there's riders there's people that work in the mm-hmm. industry there's people that create boards there's silky in the, behind the, the cam behind us with the production like there is a whole vibe and different entities you can get into snowboarding where you don't have to do triple corks and shit so i think like everyone involved in that whole orchestra of that that event dude they're killing it straight up they should go home happy as fuck because i know i do mm. Shit, snowboard like like you were saying, snowboarding small. You know, you say the pool's not the same size as maybe the applicants to Goldman Sachs, right? Like you can <laughs> you can break your way into it. So I, I think that's great to mention. All right, I got some questions. Who is? I have a two parter. This is a two parter, two stager. Who is your favorite person to film with, and who has blown you away the most with their talent? My favorite person and talent, same person. I would say LJ Henriquez, little LJ. Yeah, it's my little, it's like my little bro. Honestly, dude, that kid comes from Jersey. Parents don't come from snowboarding. The kid just loves to snowboard, obviously, like super duper talented. He just loves fucking boarding. He just loves boarding. He doesn't really, like, you know, obviously he's got some big sponsors already as a kid, but he's also very talented and deserves them. But he also just doesn't care about the shit everyone else cares about. He's not really thinking about comps right now. He's not thinking about the Olympics. He's not thinking about other people. He's literally just like, he doesn't change for anybody ever. So like, I really like appreciate that because that's how I am too. But also like the kid is so fucking good at snowboarding. Like I've been with him where he's landed a lot of his first like doubles or first time he landed the trick. And it's like, I can't teach him how to do that shit. But he just, like, learns it. You know what I mean? Like, learns it with a good attitude and takes the bodies. No pads, no nothing. I, I think that's respectful, you know? Like, a lot of homies, like a lot of homies got pads. And I will wear pads, too. But he's taking the bodies. Like, snow burn, skin, nothing. Does not care. And just, like, a lot of, like, I would say, a lot of, like, what I've heard, because I'm with him a lot, and I, I stick up for a little bro, what I've heard a lot about him from other people, I've heard, I've had adults come to me, like knowing that's like my little bro and tell me like, oh, I don't like LJ. And me having to say like, I'll beat the shit out of you because you're <laughs> talking about a 14 year old. Your grown ass is talking about a kid because he's not a typical snowboarder. He doesn't come from a, a maintained like rich household where he's, you know, he's he's got dollars and he's flying to Europe and all that other shit. He's very outgoing, which is not a typical thing with snowboarders at all, like being outspoken and loud and shit. And he's very Jersey. And I think that is, he falls in right to what the fuck we're doing, dude, at the at the right time. It's, it's like it's like a little book, dude, like where he is. I think a couple years he's he'll be just as big as Zeb Powell, if not bigger because of who he is, the timing he's been in and. Where his his parents, dude, you cannot give his give his parents. Yeah, they're cool as fuck, dude. Like beyond cool, where they 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 do not care about snowboarding. Shout out to LJ, just got honor roll second semester. Oh, let's go. Yeah, facts. But like, they're more hype on him getting honor roll than him fucking doing a double crippler. Like, you know what I mean? Like, very good household and just overall good kid, man. Like, I love him. I I love having him around. Like, you know, Rob, everywhere you go, you see me. I usually got him with me, and like this year, he'll be with me even more. So like, I would say LJ. He's he's my he's my favorite. We got a time call. We it's called getting jiggity. That's when he starts <laughs> acting weird and doing crazy shit. <laughs> but dude, he starts putting his Spanish music on. He said, "Lou, let's get jiggity," and I'm like, "Hey, let go." That's the vibes. Got the sabe. 
the El Nino flow. Facts. All right. Um, you know, we didn't talk about this, t- too, with your uh, <clears throat> road to where you are now. Like what, we always talk about the traditional role of snowboarding. We romanticize how we grew up watching these VHSs and these DVDs and snowboarding videos and you'd be this way. And, and then... And and you've came in, in the past two years, or like that's there is. You, I'm sure you didn't watch DVDs and you didn't watch videos, and so <clears throat> I'm guessing like, or maybe on YouTube. But yeah, where did you get that? Like, like what was your muse for making videos? I know we may have touched on it, but before we do name that video part, I just want to get into that. Dude, I did. A, I watched a lot. Honestly, like I I did my homework before I before I put myself in the space like emerged that I really like like I looked at the Mac Dog stuff because that's what uh Matt Peterson from Boreal told me to watch. Oh sick. Yeah, shout out shout out Matt dude and Mac Dog. Dude, I got to do a shoot with Mac Dog at Boreal like 3 months into filming. No way. Yeah, so like went and watched a lot of his stuff. Um watched I just w- kind of typed in old snowboarding and kind of like just looked at it and and tried to figure it out, but my, honestly my my muse is just watching it all. Like yeah. I I like watching old shit, new shit, movies parts like i just i like watching snowboarding because i haven't seen it a trillion times like it's just it's sick like mm-hmm. to like if you watch it back in the old days to sit now like i think shit back in the old days is way gnarlier than now like it's actually so fucked like it's 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 insane it's it's kind of funny how like you look back and you look at that shit and i'm like bro like like homies now like were pointed to asking me questions like oh lou what should i do go bigger <laughs> go bigger I'm gonna land flat figure it out I don't know bro <laughs> holy shit cause I've been we were just watching this shit I used to I was watching the Mac Dog shit at, at North Star when they had the crane and shit and I was like we need a crane fuck <laughs> <laughs> like dude like yeah I, I watched the old shit but then also like I'll turn on One World from Burton that came out not too long ago and watch that or I'll watch fucking um, Hot Cocoa I watch Co- Hot Cocoa on repeat, or I watch like the the women's monster mixes that they're doing. Like, oh my god, I put those on repeat, and it's like, dude, a lot of it's just f- the filming is all sick, but the movement, the poetry is beautiful, dude. Watching like fucking Tess Cody do a fucking front three off a jump is fucking magical. Or watching Anna, Mor- Anna Morgan do a fucking you know back three shifty or some crazy, just some crazy shit where you're like, bro, that shit was beautiful, and it was filmed beautifully, like. I think it's all sick, honestly. I kind of have a follow-up question to that one. I know a lot of people kind of gravitate from skateboarding to snowboarding. I was wondering if there was any, like, influence at all. Also, being from California, like, did skateboarding kind of have any role in, like, wanting to either get into filming snowboarding or any influence in your style snowboarding at all or filming snowboarding? But just curious. No, I used to skateboard when I was little. My dad lived in Santa Cruz, so I used to skate there. I, I skated there, like back when all the new skate parks were opening up. So, like, right when they were opening up, I was learning how to skate. We would go to fucking the Santa Cruz shop and pick out a board type shit, and my dad would, like, send me tapes or DVDs, and and it was... It was... I never really got to, like, pay attention to it because I was worried about, like, everything else. So I didn't... I didn't Mm -hmm. didn't have, like, a a skateboard background. Like, when homies are going to skate, like, I can skate, but I don't really fucking care. It's sick, though. Like, do your thing, bro. I'm just, like, not a skater. Like, I'm a hustler, bro. I'm like in the car with me if we're driving anywhere there's no music. I'm fucking tuned into my brain. I'm thinking about how to take over the world like that's the the vibe. Wait I'm wait wait, wait 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 wait. You're driving around. <laughs> you're not listening to anything. You're just driving around 
No fucking music? No music. Ask that, LJ and Zebu. They've been in the car. They, that's why we don't let him drive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's quiet as fuck. We're going to talk to each other, and we're going to game plan the takeover, period. Okay. So I'm pretty, I, I was thinking dead silence, like everybody's just kind of like staring like off into the abyss kind of thing. No, we have, I, I like talking. I, it's also like my time to like deep dive into my ideas to see if they actually make sense and mm-hmm. I can do them. That's when like, and when I'm in the car is when I make a lot of my phone calls on like a whim because I've got like a, I got a banger. Mm. Yeah. I have a question. What percentage of your brain do you spend like occupying thinking about this shit? Like you waking up in the middle of the night and it's like, I got an idea or like, yeah, what percentage of your brain is just locked in on, on your mission? Well, when my wife tells me to stop, I stop. I try as hard as possible. Shout out to you, babe. You know, I respect you straight up. But when she doesn't say that, it's 100%. Like, I, this shit does not turn off. Like, I literally, I think about this shit day and night. I'm obsessed with it. Like, I'm obsessed with knowing I'm at the bottom, but also knowing I'm not at the bottom, but also knowing there's somebody ahead of me. I'm obsessed with, like, everything that I know can happen. To happen, like that's what I think about all the time. I think about that. I think about how to film shit. I think about like the different, different ways I want to like show things. The th- ways I can show things with different people. You know how I film with Joey isn't the same how I film with Lucas or how I film with Zeb and LJ. I just I just think about the shit all the time because it's just like I fucking love it. I love it so much because snowboarding is not this like this non-competitive thing. But fuck all that, dude. Homies are trying to get after it. And you see the homies that are getting after it, you know? I, Spinny's, like, fucking, fucking said 72 days in October, and I was disgusted. I was pissed. I was like, this motherfucker's been on his board 70 days, and I'm only on, like, day 10. Like, that's, like, that's not a competitive thing or whatever the case, or how everyone else looks at it, but I look at it as, like, hunger and, like, know I'm coming from behind and knowing, like, I'm doing, like, something else or whatever the case. I just, I think about it a lot. It's kind of, it, it's me. It's me. I was made. I was made for this shit. Like straight up, I was made to give niggas buckets for sure. But like, this is what God put me here for. I promise you. Like to be around snowboarding, to touch this, to bring it to my culture, to 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 change. My, I tell everybody everywhere to change the world. I'm here to I'm here to change the world. And a lot of people say that, and like you can call someone arrogant, you can call someone over uh, overconfident, conceited, whatever the case may be. But I honestly believe like God put me here to do what I love, and that's how I'll change the world. I agree. Those are powerful words. And I think that that obsession is why you are where you are right now. And that's powerful. No mountain's too big for you, bro. That's for sure. Facts, bro. This thing, I think we all can do this, though. I think, I think it's not just me. I, I think that's the crazy part, like how, like how I think. Like even I have a best friend who's in my wedding who gets mad at me about this. And I tell him, like, bro, quit your job and do your dream. And he's like, bro, not everybody can do that. I say, yes, they can. I don't want there there are no excuses when it comes to your life. That is the bottom line. There are no excuses when it comes to your life. I had a teammate die. Um I got him tatted. Uh his name was Kevin. Um his brother was in the NBA. His, his last name's Macklemore. He died when we were in college. Um my when I redshirted my junior year and um his thing was no excuses. And I live by that, dude. There are no excuses because you someone else has it worse. Bottom line. There's someone else has it worse than you. So that's what I, I know for, for a fact. Someone else has it worse, so there are no excuses to chase what you believe in, what you want. Why waste all that time fucking thinking about other people's shit when you can be thinking about your own shit? Turn it up. 
Dude, it's just fucking on, on right. fire, man. Holy <laughs> shit. Okay. Let's do name that video part. Oh my god, this is the scariest shit ever. Uh, name that video part is presented by Woodward. Here in Utah, we got Woodward Park City. It's a great training facility or learning ground for anybody that wants to go from learning how to snowboard. They got a beginner slope, they got tubing, and then they got, as you get better, they have all the different stages for progression so people can go all the way to hitting the super pipe and that giant cheese wedge that they got built and it's fucking awesome. And we got Rob Rothler in booth. Rothler, I'm sorry. We got Rob Rothler in the booth. And he uh, is a Woodward athlete, I believe, right? Yeah, as of recently. Yeah. Uh, huge shout out to the team at Woodward for getting this worked out. But, yeah, it's awesome to get to uh, work, be around and do some camps with everybody. You know, they have skateboarding as well, trampolines, all this other cool stuff you can do inside. And one of the best progression parks in Utah, maybe mm-hmm close to the nate i love it i think it's the best it's a quick little you know four minute chair i think mm-hmm. you're getting crazy laps i like to call it the closest thing outside of highland you can get mm-hmm. you know it's it's great but if you're in utah you're gonna catch rob uh going dummy on the the big jump um, and uh getting his reps up i'd say oh yeah come hang come learn how to snowboard let's let's have some fun so if you're in the, yeah if you're in the utah area check out woodward park city uh they support the show so you guys should support them and um, let's get into name that video part. How are you feeling? Honestly, when I started watching this show, when I first started, I was like, "This is gonna be the worst nightmare of my life." <laughs> if I ever get on the show, so I'm fucking nervous. So you're living, you're living your nightmare. Right Literally, now. my yeah. wife was like, "What are you gonna do about name that video part?" I was like, "Don't talk to me right now." <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I talked to um, Lou on the phone. He was like, "I am going to be the worst person in the history of the show at name that video part." He was confident in that. Fucking literally. You know, we were just talking about Woodward. I do have a sidebar thing. I'm going to just hijack the, sh- the conversation for a second. We were riding Woodward earlier this year. I saw you drop in, do two turns into the big jump. I hadn't hit the big jump in a few weeks. Mind oh. you, how, how tall are you, Rob? 6'7". Six, seven. He's 6'7". Six, he weighs a little bit more than me. It was, a, it, was a more, it was more of a straight line for me. It was a dead, dead fucking straight. And I did the two turns. And I didn't, I didn't knuckle that thing. I decked. Oh, I did a deck, God. and then my butt cheeks clipped the knuckle, no. and then I shit myself. Did I not tell you this? No. <laughs> oh, no. I didn't, I didn't tell you this. Yeah, no, well, like, it, it was like a, I thought it was a tear situation, but no. it was like more oh. of a leak. So you had to check, and you yeah, checked. Well, actually, you t- <laughs> yeah, yes, I did. And, and I've been there. I, I and that check was, all the time. Rob, I'm going to say that. Go ahead and say that's your fault, <laughs> dude. Uh, it's your fault that I shit myself. I'm oh sorry. God. I actually did the same thing to Stevie at Culture Shifters, <laughs> but we uh, that one we both overshot. <laughs> oh, you did. Okay. Yeah. So I got to ragdoll too. All right, but. Good. <laughs> good. Yeah. Just sorry noted, for that one, Chris. If you're behind Rob, he, he's got a giant snowboard. He's going to carry more speed than you. Just go faster than it looks like he's going. <laughs> and his board's a 170. Like, fuck. Yeah. It's a oh. boat. He's going. Mm-hmm. He's on the boat. <laughs> I like to go fast. All right. All right. So confidence zero through 10 on name that video part, Lou. What do you got? Negative 55. Negative 55? I think. Silk, is that the lowest? <sighs> I'm pretty sure that's going to be the lowest, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to have to make a new graphic for that. <laughs> Dude, I can't handle this radio voice. I think we're going to have to make a grab for that. Coming up next, we have named that video part. <laughs> He's on some slow-mo vibe shit. Yeah, so holy shit. Silk is a living legend. 
Okay, uh, here we go. We're this is a two-parter. Fuck. First one. Here we go. Godspeed. No, no, no. They want me dead or alive. They want me dead or alive. I'm just trying to survive. You niggas. Mm. Was that Ojo? My boy. Wow, he got it. It's, a, it's not a lot of people who can pick a song with the word, the N word in it, and then you feel it. That was a good one. <laughs> good. Oh, okay. So you officially won name that video part. Oh I'll shit! Give, I'll give you. I'll give you the. This is the pack. We got a duffel. He he literally he secured the bag. You've secured. Secured a bag. You secured the satchel. Oh shit! It's filled with bomb hole merch. We got some uh, hats in there. Probably some yeah, smelling salts. Yeah. Uh, oh, sure. we kind of fucking fit it in here, boy. Yeah. We got some. God. There's some merch. All available at bombhole.com. Man, all available. Bombhole.com. Use the Cuban Lou code to get zero percent off. Yeah, Cuban Lou. <laughs> and then uh, part part two. Um, dude, that's kind of crazy. Bonus round. Let's see. This is not snowboarding. Okay. It's uh, basketball. Well, talk to me. Here we go. Five in the second half. Ladies and He's gentlemen, you have witnessed the second greatest scoring performance in NBA it's history. It's Kobe Bryant's 81, no? Bingo. Kobe Bryant's 81. Give him a round of applause for that. He's two for two. Wow. Balling on these motherfuckers. Just Let's wait till my man Danny get this, this hoop a, shit. Yeah. From a minus 55. Not yeah. bad. Dude, I. you know what? Shout he out did, to the squad. He did great. He did great. Damn. Okay, this one's for the listeners. Uh, if you guys know this video part, Comment on the photo of Lou on Instagram when the episode comes out. And that is where we pick our winner. Okay. Here we go. Legendary video part. One of the greatest. Okay. You know that one, Lou? Mm-hmm. Say it will be No better. way. He's a three for three. Who, what, what, do you know the name of the movie? It was it. The, it's... Ah, uh, fuck, what was it? I forgot which one it was, but it has like a... It's got a crazy ton of views. It's four... It's... Dude. If you That's get correct. fucking... What the fuck? You got the trifecta. I got that one, and I was like, oh, shit. I, I'm sick. I got that one. Fuck you. Like, <laughs> what the hell? That's so sick. He's a studious... He's Did his homework, student of the dude. game. He's a student of the game. Thank you guys for playing. Name that video part. Zeb said you're a huge fan of that Freaky T track. Oh my god! Can we turn it on? Sure. Oh my god! I can play it through what the track. I can throw Freaky T. Yo, shout out to Dro. Shout out to the squat. No shout way. Out, shout out to the Tau squat. It's a Dro like, track. No, no, no. It's a, it's a, Dro put us on. Oh. Oh yeah. What? Look at me, what she wanna be Call me Freaky T, off the leash I feel like a dog, I get hella fleas Keep it pee, never needed you But you needed me Boost my self-esteem I get top when the morning So I feel like Baby King Bitch, I'm cool Hey, hey, hey I need chips. I told that nigga do. <laughs> this is so hard. Hey, watch this. This is the best part. 
Yeah, this makes you just want to do this some shoulder shit. Is this Freaky T though? Who's is it? The name of the. It's like Tay Tay Corey or something. All right. Hey, hey, hey. Push a T, push a pound of weed, need a brand new weed, kiss it dog, pussy nigga, please act Okiana Reeves. Ain't you not feeling me? <laughs> Just let that nigga breathe. All right, I gotta reload this oh water God. now. <laughs> Bitch, I'm cold. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, I need chips. I tell that nigga to hey. <laughs> <laughs> DJ Diesel, Diesel in this bitch. Boop, boop, boop. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, yeah. Hey. Oh, that's a good one. It's a fucking banger. Got me hyped enough to hit another salt, brother. Come out. Dude, that was insane. Tia Corinne. It's a that's fucking good. vibe. We usually have speakers anime, on the mountain. Anime shit on the Dude, that's cover. the vibe. Yeah, you we, have to have the speakers. Yo, every, I told the US boys this is like mandatory, and we've been doing it since we were at Mammoth a couple weeks ago. Everywhere we go, we have a fucking big ass speaker, and we're thumping music. When they're dropping in for their finals or fucking qualities, we're thumping music. We're here to change shit up and fucking make it less boring. And a lot of people be having sticks up their ass on the top of that pipe. So, like, we're just here to fucking vibe out and be with the homies. What are we dumping? Dude, everything, dude. No rap before 11. So, we're coming in, bumping Mike Jack. Ooh, yeah. You know, we got Patty. We got a little Patty at the top of the pipe. So, we don't want, you know, Patty be acting for peaches. Mm -hmm. She asked for, you know, she asked for a lot of things. So, you know, give her her request up. You know, sometimes she's got the speaker. And then, you know, we just go all out vulgar language for sure. Mm -hmm. Get in the zone. Top three hip hop tracks. Go. Oh, it's so God. hard. God. For me, for me, I like I like Brent Freyas, uh crew. Love Facts. Brent Freyas. Facts. Um, who else? Who else? Who else? Who Wait, am I throwing on the mix? Crew. Yeah, crew. Go with Gold Link. What I didn't know he was on that track. She said money all around me. Yeah. Banger. Kind of sounds like Silk D on the on the mic. Yeah, Silk. Uh, who, who, you go number two. You go number two. Fuck. Number two. Uh, Sweet Lady, O3 Greedo. Oh, wow. That is a great song. Oh, it slaps. Can I, get, can I ask you guys a question? Loaded Baked Potato? Where are we at with that? Absolutely. Oh, that one's Sour good. Cream. I like that one. What? Were you talking about a song? Yeah, Loaded Baked I Potato. I thought we were talking about baked potatoes. I just thought we were talking about food. <laughs> I don't know what we're talking about. No, no, no. We're still talking about music, guys. What's you know up? Loaded Baked Potato? No. Who's oh it by? God, bro. dude. Come I, on. I'm a, I feel like this is you know going to be a song I, gonna, I should I'm going to go ahead and say Zeb's oh, going to be disappointed. Man. Zeb's going to be disappointed. It's fucking I, nudie. Bro. I heard this is the song. Uh, that, uh, it's the one. Uh, nudie so. I shot one X Games right. listening to it or something. Somebody told me. I, I believe that. Yeah, nudie sure. goes crazy. I mean, I got put on to Sweet Lady by O3 Greedo because Cater had it in some shit that he did with. Um, what's his homie? Um. Tristan Warren. You know this one. Okay. Nudie go crazy. My little brother loves Nudie. Bro, oh, okay. yo, right, so you were loving that song Old School by Young Nudie that I played yes. in the cat. I did go home. Nudie goes did, hard. I did continue to listen to that song when I went home. The cat was going. The cat was going. Cat vibes were. Yeah, you guys were doing we're great. Ultimate. You were the DJ mainly, right? You and Zebulon? Yeah. Well, I got to also thank the homies who be 
dish and made music too. <laughs> like Dro, bro. He's Dro's got nice. tunes. Yo, shout Luke's out to Dro. Got you know who's Dro. got tunes too? Is it kind of, kind of Winkleman's kind of guy. I, I oh. was going to say Luke, bro. Luke <laughs> he has. Some, he he's got some soul in him. him. He got some soul in him. Yeah. There's only a couple borders in the world that I found that got some soul in him. Luke's one of them. Bro, big Sparky's time. also one of them. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Who's yeah. playing music? Is that me? Oh, shit. shit. That's probably me. Okay, so we got two songs. What's the last one? If it isn't love by New Edition. If it is love, why do I feel this way? Why do you stay on my mind? You know it, trust me. I know, I can't hear it though. But if it is love. I know the whole dance to the whole shit. Yeah. We do it quite frequently at my home. You'll have to mm. teach me that. I got you. It's actually a Zumba workout as well. Sick. <laughs> 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 <Okay. laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> A Zumba workout. Literally, People. it's so hard, dude. Oakley week. Uh, you, you brought up Patty's name. I remember you're standing, <laughs> you're, you're standing right next to Patty. Oh my god, that shit was crazy. She, dude, she roasted me. Maybe the hardest I've been roasted. And she's how old is she? 13, 10, 5? No, I think she's she nine. four. And what is she? Four years old? Nine, ten, nine. It's actually so fucked. Yeah, dude, we're we're we're, old, we're just cruising. I'm kind of like just having having. A, Fucking fantastic day. Um, go do some follows with Patty. And we're just kind of waiting at the, about to drop into the pipe. And she's like, oh, who is that? Oh, it's just Chris. I thought it was a pro. <laughs> 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 and I was like, I was recording. I was like, that is the greatest audio I've ever heard. It was so funny, dude. It was crazy. Uh, she meant it, too. She was like, oh. <laughs> she was disappointed to see me. She, then she told him, Chris, I thought you were a pro. I was like, oh, shit. Oh, man. <laughs> It's and like then I, I, did a spite, I did a spiteful uh, crippler in the pipe to try to like prove that I was still like okay at snowboarding. Love it. it Spike it, clip. It didn't really like. It's well, she wasn't impressed. She could do like switchback <laughs> 1080s and shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she just. Like, did. I remember being four. Dude, okay, let me tell you something. When you're riding with the Oakley crew, you got Stale Sandback. You got fucking Seb Toots. You got Patty. You got S- Colonel Kotzenberg. Annika Morgan, I love, dude, I've, Judd, no, Yuki, yeah, like yourself, fucked. like everybody's fucked. I, I'm a podcast guy now. Come on. <laughs> yeah, that, that trip Patty, was so lit. Slack. That was fun, huh? It was. That was like, that was insane. Because I had got to do Oakley Week before that with uh, J.R. Smith and Logan, Logan Peota, the skier. Crazy. Yeah, fucking both of those are my homies now. And then they come to this one where it was like a bunch of the snow athletes. And like, I had met Yuki, Annika, Judd. I met all the homies, all of them beside Toots before, but it was like dope to like see them in places where we're not really working together, but they just know like, no, I'm filming some shit and I'll send them a clip every once in a while to like, oh, they're on like a, like one of their sponsor shoots and I'm one of the filmers. So it was like a, what's up, niggas? It's a vibe. Oh, yeah. Let's talk about this J.R. Smith shoot. Yeah, dude. That was, so while I was in Locks, um, uh, filming the Locks Open for Red Bull. Um, which was crazy because I was there a week early to film with Yannick Kondo, um, who's a black rider in Europe. He rides for Nitro and O'Neal. He's fucking so sick. So sick. Shout out. Shout out him. Um, we were together for like a week. And then while we were there, um, I had hit Ryan back, like just hit her again. Like, yo, let me know if you need anything. She's like, yo, are you free for a call this week? I'm like, yeah, whatever. 
jump on the call. They're like, yo, we've got two Oakley events. We want to sign you. Uh, like, hey, let's hit Ryan with the quick Yeah, oh Ryan Powell. Big oh shout God. out. We love you. What a goat. Yeah. Uh, hit me with the, like, we got two events for you. I'm like, sick. I'm actually here. Um, they have Oakley Week in Locks right before the open. I'm like, yo, I'm here. And Yannick rides for Oakley, too. I'm like, yo, I'm here with the, Oak, the, the the European Oakley crew. Like, let them know, like, if they, they need a boy, if they're trying to throw this boy some dollars. Like, what you know? What do you need? And she was like, yeah, they, I hit them up. They said they don't need anything. I was like, okay, cool. But I'm with Yannick while they're doing it. So I meet, like, the TM there. And I meet, like, a lot of the, like, the, the, the European and, like, a lot of the peds in, like, from, like, everywhere but America. And it's the same vibe, bro. Like, I'm just kicking it with the crew. Like, they put me in the video. They put me on the story. Like, all type of, like... Shit people dream of is just like, boom, because I'm just kind of chilling, hanging with the crowd and like just being me. And I told him like, yo, I'm filming this shit in locks. They're like, oh, you want to film this too? So I end up filming that Oakley week. And then I come home and a week later after I was in locks for like 20 days or some weird shit like that, 22 days, a minute, um, come home, get a week off, go to Vail during X Games because I was like, yeah, I'm not going to go to X Games this year. <laughs> um yeah, I pull up and they're like, yeah, J.R. Smith is here. I'm like, for what? Like, he snowboards. I said, y'all niggas lying? There's no <laughs> way he snowboards. Bro, we, he comes up first night. We kind of, I say, what's up? We go we go to dinner. Whoop-de-whoop. We kind of just hang out. And then, like, uh, shit, I'm going to tell the whole story. Like, so we, like, everybody starts going to bed. It's like 11. And we pop outside to go smoke. And, like, I'm smoking with jr smith i'm like god this is insane right this is, this is literally like i used to watch jr in my mom's room while she, they're playing the lakers dunk on fools when he was on the nuggets so like this is like 15 14 13 year old lou like looking up at like lou because i used to be like a troublemaker that shoots buckets too so like we we, we smoke hang out and then he's like damn i'm hungry let's go to the bar i'm like Bro, the bar is closed. It's one o'clock. Tell me why we get to the, the stairs of the bar and there's people waiting for us to open the bar. They're like, oh, JR, we've got we've got a section for you. A section? It's closed. But they opened the bar up and just like, it was on some NBA type level type shit. And I was like, damn, this is what it feel like to be in the league. I'm in the league right now. <laughs> this shit is crazy. But he ended up being like a, a really, really dope dude. Like a really, really like dope dude. And obviously like, I could already know he was he was dope, but had a good time hanging out with him, and then also got to hang out with Logan Peota, who's like a gnarly backcountry skier and um, a snowmobile homie. And yeah, we all got to hang out, and it was like such a good time. We got to do some stuff with Chill and Jr., which was super sick. Um, Jr. is coming out to the Snowboy Halo Halo event in July, which is like super pumped. And Jr. can board, dude. We got to get him on a bigger board. He's on like a one fifty seven, and he's six eight. I got him covered. Yeah, but like. He was ripping. It was a pow day the next day, which was crazy after we got there. And he was like ripping pow. And I was like, bro, do you like snowboard? He was like, yeah, like I go to Vancouver a lot to Whistler. I'm like, you're telling me J.R. Smith's been walking around Whistler and no one said anything? Yes, he has been walking around Whistler and no one said anything. <laughs> Legendary. So sick. Yeah, that was crazy. Yeah, crazy. We got a lot. Of, we got we got some shit up coming with, with J.R. and just like that whole um environment that we got to meet in and then kind of what happened after yeah it was another life-changing moment for sure so you got a good like cab five what are we talking i mean he's got a good slash you got a good slash we're gonna, okay. yeah, we're, cool. we're, he's got a good slash we gotta get him like a 192 it was a pow I was day gonna say, we'll give him zeb's super yeah. mega blossom yeah that'll probably be better pow day i was like yo like in my head i'm like dude i'm gonna leave you i really don't care about working today it's a pow day at bail i've never been here i'm gonna like i'm gone i'm out right he was right behind me no mm -hmm. cap 
which is crazy because I was like not mm-hmm. stopping. And in powder too. In powders, like That's in powder, beast. in step-ons, like rocking out. Damn. Yeah. Did you say, hey, JR, I'm a bucket. Let's go one-on-one. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. <laughs> you know, you know as, a, as a competitor, it would get too serious. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the I friendship just, could be. I'm just going to get mad because he's 6'8". Yeah. <laughs> and he, he knows how to hoop. Yeah, that's good shit. Good stuff. Okay, uh, I was watching one of your videos, and you talked about like just, just the love for being outside and being in the mountains. And I wondered if you wanted to elaborate on that. Yeah, dog. So I grew up in LA. Like it's the it's, the, it's like a, they they call what uh, Brooklyn or New York the concrete jungle. It's like the same thing. Where like yeah, the beach is really close, but like, like growing up, the beach wasn't really the thing where everyone went. Um, and like, dude, Big Bear is like two hours from my house, and I'd never been there till last year for the Russell event. But like, I just feel like that speaks volumes of like what that what that means to like a culture, and like how many Black and Brown and Mexican and, and all those different type of people live in LA and don't experience the mountains. I feel like there's that's that's one a problem, but two, like once I got to the mountains, I was like, it was very um, opening, especially like because like my first experience was with Lake Tahoe, so I got to like see Lake Tahoe capped out and, and stand next to the lake. I, I feel like, I tell my wife this all the time and her mom, because they like t- took me up there. That place changed my life. It changed my life because it, it just showed me the, how beautiful the earth is. And like, that's kind of why I want to succeed so bad is, dude, my, I don't want my mother to have to work. And a lot of people say that shit, but like, I mean it. And I want my brother to be able to have options of, you know, working and, and also traveling and seeing the world. I feel like the world is so big and beautiful that, that should be like the goal, like, you know, to see the world and experience these different cultures and these different people and just get out of the the city. You know what I mean? And the city keeps you kind of focused on like city things and city problems. But like, I feel like when you step outside yourself and step outside, shit changes and you get perspective. Like I was only worried about basketball. Then I went outside. I'm like, Nick, I could change the world. I'd like, like that's the crazy part and the perspective that you can get from like changing your surroundings. More knowledge. <laughs> more knowledge. I, I, have, I don't know what to say. Like, that, you're just blowing it's a my mind, bro. Class. <laughs> like, straight up. Like, sell this episode. Okay, <laughs> master class. That's so fucking sick. All right. Well, you know, on, the, on that subject, too, you know, I'm a white dude. And I feel like snowboarding. I fuck with you, though. Thank you. you. Thank you. I appreciate that. And, and, and like, I know, I only know snowboarding through the perspective of my white dude lens and it's a it's like a, it's kind of a white dude sport right so like i don't i my my me walking through and navigating this culture this sport what have you i only have it through my through my lens so i would love to just get some knowledge dropped on like what i can do what we can do better in that space to to be uh to see things from a different perspective i guess rather you know what I mean? Facts, facts. I feel that. Um, I think Okay, yeah. All right, so like I think personally um I think it's hard. I I said this um at culture shifters during our we had like a, a good meeting and everyone got to listen and learn. I said, "We can't no one's mad at anyone for not knowing and not understanding." Because if you don't understand something, it means you don't understand it, and I can't make you understand it. Like, if you tell me, Lou, like, 2 plus 9 is 85, I just don't understand it, right? And you can't be upset with me for it, and I can't be upset with you for it. And I think that's the biggest part about it, is 
knowing that and then just being open. So like for me, if you if like all all the homies who see me standing somewhere, if you see me, come say what's up to me. Open up your your variety of friends. Um European homies, if you're with like Americans, me, whoever, speak English. It, it's just about the including people. I think that's really important because if you exclude people, that if, that doesn't just affect them. That affects the people they they hang out with. Nah, don't nah. We don't fucking with them because they that's how they do over there. Or oh, he acts weird. Like there's a lot. Like for me, I there's a lot. <laughs> there's a lot of pro snowboarders. I'm looking <laughs> at the cam. There's a lot of pro snowboarders with big ass sponsors who've seen me, who see me all the time, who like fucking see me all the time in intimate settings. But when they see me that next time, they walk right past me and not say shit. Step outside yourself to just to be open. I think that's 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 a big part of it. I think like you, you had no problem with integrating me in our conversation. So that speak volumes as a person of like who you are deep down. But the person I see six, seven, eight times, nine times, and they can't even look me in the eyes. That speak volumes of who you are, and also this is the the this is like kind of if I had a pet peeve to complain about, this is what irks me, because people are just uh, replicas of their big homies. So that means your big homies didn't treat you shit. They didn't teach you nothing. They didn't teach you how to how to how to be around people, how to treat people, what good ethics are, like what it is to be a good person, and that just shows. That just shows, and that shows like because a lot of the big homies are still around. And that sh- if you look at their crew and how they how they move and shit, it, you can see a lot. So I think that speaks volumes on like who it is you're dealing with and who you are as a person and how they were raised. So like at the end of the day, how people were raised, you not you cannot change that shit. It's like engraved. It is what it is. But you know, like the people who there are a lot of like, dude. There's people people in Europe come up to me like, yo, I saw your 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 video, your selfie video, and you inspired me to be here. Like straight up, like just getting outside themselves. To like, come say what's up to me, knowing damn well you can't find another black guy at locks. You know what I mean? Straight up. But like, that takes a lot. But that also means something. That makes me feel super welcome. So now I go home and I tell my friends, yo, Europe was lit. Because of my, that experience could, could change my whole mindset. I think the experiences and how people hang out and, and combat with each other is very important. Like with our group, I talk a lot of shit. Like a lot of shit. But it's also a lot of love most of the time but that for i feel like that just breeds like who i feel like our unit should be and i feel like a lot of the time with hanging out with your homies a lot of groups build bad tendencies of like having bad attitudes i've been on like the slope course with homies and they're just like complaining and i'm like yeah you're not getting the clip <laughs> like <laughs> like just but like i feel like that the person of who you are and how you're raised and the people who you hang out with mean a lot to you so if like if you look around bro and like you don't have no friends that don't look like you. That says something about you. It's, 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 but it's okay. Because if you notice it, then you can change it. And I'm not saying you got to go befriend a black guy, you know, saveablackkid.com. That's not <laughs> what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm, but I'm saying is diversify your pool to get your bag up. You feel me? Diversify your pool. So, because anything could happen. Like, you could, somebody could not talk to me and, like, be a dickhead to me. But in like two or three years, you're going to have to call me for something. You know what I mean? Like everyone deserves respect and everyone, everyone. Did you choose to be white? No. No. Did you choose to be black? No. No. Did you choose to be silky? 
Yep. Yeah. He did. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, but like at the end of the day, no one chose to 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 be who they are. You know what I mean? No one chose to be in their skin, but they're in their skin. So like, damn. Is that's the that's the bottom line, bro. Like at the end of the day, everyone, no one chose to be who they are, but they are who they are. So accept everybody, or be a dickhead and don't fuck with us. It's up to you. <laughs> Fucking masterclass just keeps going. <laughs> I'm learning. <laughs> I, I should I should have my notes out. <laughs> yeah, but this but it's crazy how people. I I understand it though because I've been getting to hang out with people who have money, and I feel like the people who have money like they're. The problems are they're not everyone has problems, but they're just a little bit different, and uh, and they're just a little bit um. You can never classify people's problems, like I can't tell you all that. But that's not a big problem. I got bigger problems. You know what I mean? You can't do that. But I also feel like I just like well, since we're talking about we're, we're snowboarding, um, like snowboarders come from a little bit different background, so their overall interactions and mannerisms and everything is different. You know what I mean? Like how they horseplay. How they talk to each other, um, how they confront each other about problems. Like it's a lot. It's all different. So like if you're not, if you if you weren't raised to be like open to everything, then it's very hard. Like if you grew up in Cali, you're pretty sick because we're so mixed. But if you grew up like in other places and you snowboarded your whole life, you might be a little douche, little douchey. But that's okay. Just come join the squad and we'll get you right. But if you don't vibe with the squad, you don't get to get in. <laughs> you don't even get a ticket. It's crazy. <laughs> It's true though. It it is it is like a affluent, you know. Well, there there's there's mixed there's there's a, there's mixed bags of different socioeconomic uh, pools. But at the, at the end of the day, snowboarding's fucking expensive, man. Facts. And like and and there is that like upper echelon. Uh, like, I I actually think this is why like you see it more in skiing, which is why skiing's just a, like. Sometimes a little bit worse than snowboarding in some ways. It's it, worse. It feels like there there really is the country club, like tennis club kind of like really snooty kind of fucking vibe coming in. But it, it's an it's yeah it's an expensive it's an expensive sport, and and a lot of the people that do snowboarding are upper class white people. And uh, does making it less expensive help? Well, here's the crazy part. This is my crazy argument that I have when I'm in these conversations with some brands. Bro, stop saying this shit's too expensive, bro. I had Jordans everywhere. I always had Jays, bro. Good point. Like, I play AAU basketball on a one-parent yeah. on a one parent salary. I traveled across the country yeah. all the time. Well, not across the country, but, like, to different states to play basketball. Yeah. I always was fitted. I never missed anything. Yeah. And I was with one parent. It's not about the expensive stuff. It's just about... It's not. It's, it, that's not what it's about. So let's. I, I think that's like a cop out. Oh, that that's like you putting that's putting black and brown people in a box and saying they don't have money. I know a lot of niggas with money. Mm, good point. That's exactly. A great point. That's the point I've, I was just going to bring up too. That I've heard a time and time again. It's like it's not. That'd be like saying that there's no black people that can afford to snowboard because that's so not the truth, yeah, right? And, and that's the same for other you know colors and what and races and whatever like. It's there. It's the lack of representation a lot of the time is what I've heard. So I don't know if yeah, you, facts, you facts. feel it's that a, as well. It's, but. it's the lack of rep for sure. Yeah. Like, I think that's that's big. That's, yeah. that's very big. And that's like it's very um, passed by yeah. the lack of rep- representation. Because I hear like 
I get to talk mm-hmm. with a lot of brands because I because shit I want to I want to talk with them I yeah. want to fucking do work with them or whatever the case may be, and a lot of them, like like they just kind of pass by that representation part because they think it's like oh if it'll happen it'll happen when like they're in the position to make it happen like I was talking with like a really big, I won't say their name but like a really really big brand like a really big brand in snowboarding. And I looked at their Instagram and I looked on their job page and I because we had like a a, 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 a a diversity meeting. And I was like, they're like, Lou, we'd love to make you an ambassador. And I was like, sick. But like I looked at your pages and you don't have any you haven't posted any black people in nine months and you don't have any black people on your brown in, on your job page. What does that mean? What is that? What are you guys saying? Why don't you guys have any black athletes, black or brown women? Nothing. And they're like, oh, we haven't found any black or brown athletes that are up to our, our status quo. I'm like, that sounds racist as fuck to me. But like, you see what I'm saying? That it, it, people are gonna companies, people are gonna be whoever they're gonna be. Yeah. So just like, yeah, it is what it is. Yeah, it makes sense. Makes a lot. Of, it makes the representation thing makes a lot of sense. Facts. And I want to dive into something we just talked about off air that I think is cool to continue the conversation back on air. Um, you know, I think an th- interesting thing to think about is. You know, as humans, not all of our opinions like are our own. Not all of the way we think is our own. In the sense that, like, I'm born in America, so I learned English. I didn't choose to learn English, but I learned English. Like the values that my parents put on me, I didn't say, "Hey, teach me those things." They, I learned those through osmosis of how my parents behaved, right? And so, you know, if you look at America built on some fucked up shit, you know, in regards to race and, and even gender, like fucking women weren't even allowed to vote that long ago. There's all kinds of fucked up shit. That's, that's like only like one set of grandparents away or whatever. You know what I mean? So, Facts. so there, there is still like generational, like subtle racism put that just kind of like, you know, your parents say some weird shit and then it hits you and you're like, you don't even know it, but you're like, and you're like, I'm not racist. But so, so I guess like, unknowingly it's kind of good to take inventory and be like oh damn yeah there is a little fucking there is still some generational racism coming through you know and uh take inventory on that i don't know if you have anything to add to that but definitely definitely i definitely like like we said before i definitely think it's important to check yourself and and check your friends you know everybody isn't like you said everybody isn't you no one grew up in my household so they don't have my household rules and and i can't fault you for being who you are and i can't fault rob for being who he is how he grew up you know what i mean so i think it's definitely important to 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 look in yourself and see some of the flaws you have because it's very easy to do that everyone acts like it's oh it's hard no it's very easy to turn the light on and look in the mirror and and, and yeah. chalk some shit off the list then then in that return you you become a better person and you become shit you become a better snowboarder you become more marketable I think the more you uh, learn about yourself and just understand where you came from, like I understand how I talk and who I am and the, my mentality is not the same as someone who was like, oh, from Switzerland or whatever the case may be or wherever or from Florida. You know what I mean? And understanding that and knowing that is like the first part of the battle. Like if you don't already know, like when you meet somebody, they did not grow up in your house. So you have to treat them differently. Like, that's, like, the first thing you got to come with as, you know. That's why I, I usually come with, like, a smile and just happiness just because, like, I don't really know, like, I know Rob, but, like, what if I didn't know Rob? I don't know where he came from. What if he comes from, like, hurt and, and anger and I say, oh, you suck, and he knocks me the fuck out? 
You know what I mean? Not everybody's good with the you suck or or the the, the false criticism, like the bad criticism. You know what I mean? Like my little brother, I I, I go hard on him because I know where we came from, but I can't go hard on LJ because it's a different, just because of how he grew up with his family. And like I think it's good to to know people and learn people so that you become a better you, and then you in turn help them become a better them. And at the same time, nobody's perfect. It's okay to be wrong, but like being willing to learn and like do better is a big piece. Or knowing when, know, or knowing yeah. when you're wrong. Like yeah. a lot of homies can't take being wrong. Like, mm-hmm. bro, it's okay. Like mistakes are mistakes, but no one wants to. It's very hard to associate with people who can't own their mistakes because eventually you just get over it. You're like, ah, oh, this this motherfucker always got an excuse. But if I'm like, Lou, did you get the clip? No, bro, I wasn't looking. Oh, it's all right, bet I'll do it again. Or I tell bro, yeah, I got the clip. We get back to the house and it's not there. There goes some of our trust. Mm-hmm. It's, it's okay to, 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 it's okay to be, to fuck up, bro. Yeah. It's okay. But when you try to be cool and be perfect, when you try to be cool is when you fucked. Bottom line. When you try to be cool and that, 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 that takes a lot of your self-learning and your, your, your examining yourself when you try to be cool because you're pleasing others. What that shit say? I don't know the key to success, but the key the to failure. Key to failure is to trying to please everybody. Trying to please everybody. So being cool is pleasing everybody, but being aware, being you, and learning about you, so you can be a better person. Mm-hmm. Success, baby. Fuck yeah. God damn, dude. Great conversation. It's been a. It's been a, just a journey. <laughs> Learned so much. We listened to some great music. Facts. We discovered that Silk D uh, <laughs> behind the lens just has a. Beautiful voice. Let me hear you, Silk. What do we got coming up next, Chris? <laughs> so majestic. We got to keep it moving here. So, so it's majestic. Fucking gold. Is it pub beer time? It is. It's pub beer time. All right, guys. It's time to spin the win for some cheap fun presented by Pub Beer. No matter what you're doing, crack open a pub beer for cheap fun is always a safe bet. All right, go ahead, spin that thing. Oh, okay. <laughs> You got a six pack. <laughs> he officially got a six pack. Have you ever played roulette before? No, nah, was that bad? <laughs> the thing is, if you spin it slow, it, yeah, you're supposed to. Sp- you're supposed to. Let's run it again. <laughs> <laughs> My fault. I just threw no, it. Hey, wait. When it bounced in there, I was like, so that can't be right. You put the ball like in the edge, like, and then you spin it around the circle. Okay, and- but you can't go too fast. It gets shot out. Yeah. That's wait. good. After while, settling right? on an icon, you can either take that beer for yourself now or contribute it to the pot. When the pot hits 1,000, we're going to give away 1,000 pub beers to a listener via Instagram. Wow, Silk D, that's phenomenal work. We, the pot's up to 43 beers right now. So you can either take 43 beers plus whatever this lands on, or you can pass it on to the next guest is the mm. concept here. So... uh you landed on two cases. <laughs> two cases. So two cases is two 18s? I think so. Is a case 18 beers? I'm sorry. Can somebody clarify uh, that? I usually just go 12-er, but I mean, in the, it could also be 30, so. Look at the shape of the case. It doesn't look like a 12 it, like it, it looks like an 18. It's an eight, I think it's Where an 18. It? It's on, no, it's on there. In the, look in the oh. roulette. So we oh, got... <laughs> so we got 43 plus 18. Who's good at math? That would be 53 plus... 51. Or say 61. 61. So you, you can take... <laughs> 60 you can you can add 61 beers you can take 61 beers total or you can add it onto the pot what would you like to do yeah i'm all for the homies add it up for the homie who wants it (laughs) 
All right. So we got 79 beers total. 43 plus 218. That's 79? Mm-hmm. You're good at math. Holy shit. 18 times 2, 36. 36. Well, yeah, 3 and 7. All right, what are we going to do with these 79 seven. beers, Lou? Are we going to add them to the pot and continue? Or are you going to take them? No, just add them to the pot for sure. Woo! <laughs> Woo! That's a good-looking pot. 79 We're going to be at 1,000 very soon. That's a lot All of right. beer. Shout right. out to Pub Beer. All right, let's keep things moving here. Let's talk about onlys. Tell the people what's up with the onlys. Mm, the onlys, the onlys. So the onlys is a... Um, this is what everybody knows. Like, obviously, I like to give homage. Uh, this is the story that I was told. Salima and this other guy named Louis Calderon, he's the other Cuban Lou. Um, he's a, a chill board ambassador. They had an idea to come up with the movie The Onlys. And I guess at that time, the idea got thrown away. And when I heard about that, when I just got in, um, I was like, dude, I want to name my movie The Onlys. And there's no way people are going to tell me no. Like, I just, I'm just not going to take no for an answer. So I named it The, Only, the Onlys. Um, and I got that name from Salima and Louis. So shout out to them. Um, yeah, so The Onlys is basically a documentary that I've been filming since I started snowboarding. Um, like since I started when I could barely shoot, that has transitioned all the way into, you know, um, filming with all the professional black snowboarders. So the, the story is basically about how as black snowboarders, um, just excluding myself just a little bit and also excluding like LJ and Brolin, as black snowboarders, we gr- they grow up in this culture of snowboarding where they really don't understand uh, I can say this because these are my boys don't understand or realize um, their value and who they are to this sport and who and and also who they are as men in the world beyond snowboarding because you know if you're a snowboarder you understand that like snowboarding is your world and this, those people you see are usually the people you always see so it's basically a story about how you know I got into the sport and now that you know I, when I got in it was kind of crazy time and it was a time of like George Floyd happening and you know, a lot of people doing a lot of, you know, pro-black things and stuff like that. Um, it's a story on how we, how the, the black snowboarders are trying and learning about themselves and also growing within these companies. And as um, public figures, you know, like Zeb Powell is a, a great example of being adopted um, by two white parents and growing up in like a mixed family to like, you know, he, he says this all the time. He didn't know he was black until he won X Games. He really didn't understand that. And you got to think about how often that really happens to people who are black and brown in snowboarding. They really don't understand because they've always just been a part of the crew, whatever crew they fit it in, fit into and been, been like that, but they don't really understand their, their worth. You know, when I met Zeb, I told him, I was like, dude, you're worth like 50 million. You don't even know it. He was like, 50 million? Really? When I met him, he was like, ah. But now when we talk, he's like, facts. You know what I mean? So like that whole development of different people learning at different times you know rob as well uh brolin lj Irie, yannick david uh cody like these people are all growing in front of my eyes because i like i made it my motive to to be there for them to film them to make them comfortable when filming you know me and rob have done plenty of interviews and he's like thank god it was you <laughs> you know what i mean like developing that into where i want snowboarding to go and how i want to see it so like that's kind of the I would say the gist of the movie has been it's been a, a a crazy process. Like my first time going to Europe was to film the onlys. Like uh, shout out to DB. DB is like a huge company that supports the shit out of me. Um, we actually just like last week started designing my signature bags that'll come out next year that I'm pumped as fuck on. Like oh that like what a filmer having a signature bag like a black snowboard filmer like just 
speaks volumes on like you can do whatever the fuck you want. But they flew me out for the um, High Five Film Fest, which is mostly skiing, you know. And I w- my first time in Europe, um, went to France and got to spend time with them. And then went to Sosfe during Stomping Grounds to film Brian Rice, who's the only black competitive snowboarder in the scene. He rides for Burton. And it was crazy that, like, you know, I paid for, you know, I got to, I, I paid for my stay there. Um, Nicole Mason, his coach, shout out to her. She's such a goat. Um, got, took care of my, my lift tickets and got me in with Charles and shit so I could be cool on the, on the Stomping Grounds. And, you know, he had like a, like a tough time while I was there. I think his girl broke up with him or some shit, and he was getting bodied left and right. But then he got invited to um, to his first World Cup at Big Air Core, and I got to document that, like getting the news, um, getting in the us taking the fucking train to get to Core, us walking across the street to fucking coffee shop at Core, where everybody in the window is staring at us like there's a dinosaur on our back because they're like, "Holy fuck, who are these guys? You know, who are these black guys? Straight up." And, you know, he ha- he did fucking great. He didn't win, but he did fucking phenomenal. He actually had the best finish in um, his first Grand Prix. His in, the, in, in his first Grand Prix, he had, like, the best finish of a lot of, like, the U.S. riders, like, ever. So, like, for him and, like, the story, you know, that this shows, like, kind of, like, the perseverance of, like, what it is to be a black snowboarder, you know? Nobody really talks about what it's like when we get on a plane. When I, when I got on a plane to Utah, there were no black people on the plane. You know what I mean, or, or 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 traveling, or being in the mountain, or just the over, the 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 mental hardship that you have to go through every day. You know what I mean, just knowing that you have to do it better just to be proven okay. So I I think that's like what the story is about, and I've got to make some 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 dope homies and and and, and meet a lot of dope people through filming this. And there's some dope brands that I've, I've wanted to be involved. There's some nobody's like officially signed in to it, um, which I'm. I'm like, it's like, it sucks to say, like officially, no, like at all the snowboard talk that no one's officially. You're talking about sponsors? Yeah. Like okay. officially sent some dough over besides DB. Um, but that's okay. You know what I mean? Because at the end of the day, this isn't, this is just to show people that look like me that we can do anything. And that, and it's also to show people who don't look like me that you can do anything. And it's also just to tell the story that, you know, like, I think it's going to fuck up the world, honestly. I think this shit is, this shit is is legendary. People love watching golf. People love watching F one. Just wait until you see Rob Rothler do a fucking switchback nine. Lou, I think I speak Ooh. for the rest of us that are going to be involved. We're very happy to have you leading the charge. Appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. Appreciate that. And dude, like, it, 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 like to hear like my peer, like Rob's been in snowboarding way longer than me. To hear my peer, know he, like I've got trust of the homies in this because they they know like this like. This isn't where I'm coming in and, I, oh, I'm trying to make a billion dollars and I'm out. You know what I mean? Like, this is going to be a multi-year thing. This isn't, this isn't, it's not going to be a, like a snowboard movie where you're just watching tricks. It's going to be a lot of emotion involved, a lot of hard times, a lot of good times, a lot of progressiveness. And just, you're going to feel good when you watch it, I think. And I've been working on it pretty profusely. Like, everywhere I go, I film something for it, which has been pretty sick, dude. Fucking hard logging footage, though. <laughs> It's fucking the worst. Yeah, do you have a system? No, yeah, it's like, fucked. It's fucked. It's fucked. <laughs> are you naming clips? No. <laughs> Shit. Dude, I've learned though, do your fucking job. Do your job. My job is to film and be like director, like owner dude. And then you just pay the homie, to, whoever it is, to log the footage, put the shit in where it needs to go. Like, that's not my job. My job mm-hmm. is to make it 
my, and then you know we'll we'll find some the right people who to be involved to 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 make it look good for TV and shit. Yeah, we're we're not going to YouTube. We're not going to the, to. Vimeo. Those, yeah, yeah we're, not, we're not going to any of the platforms. You're going to see our shit on one of these streaming platforms straight up. You're going to click the fucking TV right next to F1. It's going to be my black ass. Woo! Woo! That's fire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know that's coming to fruition, dude. <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> no, I mean, just like listen to this. Up. You're like, okay, right. like... All right, so in like six months we're gonna see this on Netflix. Cool. All right, can't wait. I was just I was just on the phone with Zeb and I was telling him like, hey, bro, like in like in two years we're gonna we're gonna be so fucked it's gonna be insane. (laughs) Like I I, I, like it's genuinely gonna like (laughs) the shit that the shit all the homies know the shit that I've been working on, bro, that we've been talking about consistently that the people that I'm connecting with and and doing this networking and and the shit (laughs) snowboarding's gonna be pissed. Gonna be pissed. (laughs) You know, be pissed they didn't get in fast enough. It's fucking, it's up, bruh. It's up. I was like, thank God I met Lou when I did. Bruh. <laughs> bruh. Shout out, but shout out to God, bruh. Shout out to God for being, putting me where I needed to be to, to uplift these young men. Straight up. Fuck yeah. And women. Facts. And everyone, honestly. Facts. Facts, bruh. Yeah, I'm here for the squad. Lil Wilder. Oh my God. You guys just wait until Wilder's like 14, 15. He's fucking insane. You know what he told me when I met him? I think I know. Who, is this the kid from Colorado? Or no? Yeah, he lives in Tahoe. He lives in Tahoe. Okay. He told me, he was like, Lou, what? I want to be a backcountry rider. I'm going to mow lawns all summer and get a snowmobile. I saw him the next winter, and he had a fucking snowmobile. <laughs> like, the kid is, like, built for this. Like, it's it's awesome to see. It's, it's awesome to be around people who want this energy and don't want to be upset and, and, and hangry and all that other shit. They just want to be fucking... In the zone and, and having a good time, but it also speaks. It goes to, to who you who who was raising you, who you're around. His parents are fucking phenomenal, mm-hmm. phenomenal parents. Like, oh my god, I love them. That's literally why they were probably the the only kids at the way. <laughs> That's dope. Love that. Uh, one thing: did the U.S. team announcement? Why don't we hit that, dude? Yeah, yeah, fuck yeah. Um, so I'm super stoked to announce that I'll be filming with the U.S. team the rest of the year. Um, not the rest of the year, the start, the, the rest. Starting this next season, um, yeah, I'll be with half pipe most of the time. I'll slip over the slope, but uh, yeah, dude, that's like what a once in a lifetime opportunity. For, like for the for, for where I'm from, anything with the U.S. A teams, like, bro, it's it's legendary status. So to be able to work with them, um, you know how this happened though, fucking crazy. When I went to Sauce I was staying by myself, and Brolin was there, and Brolin like he goes there every year. Like that's you know everyone knows Brolin, so. Brolin's like, yo, come hang out with the U.S. team. And I had I had met Lucas Foster like once or twice, and we said what's up, and we were homies, but like nothing crazy. So I started hanging out with them a lot because Brolin hung out with uh, Chase Josie a lot. And we kind of just could, like hung out a lot and just became friends. And then I was at Copper for uh, the next Grand Prix and like was hanging out with them a lot, even stayed with them one or two nights. And like the reason I got on the team was because like Lucas, uh, Rick Bauer, um, J.J. Thomas um, – Joey, Chase, they all they they went to to the US team and was like, yo, we want Lou on the squad. Like his energy, he he, he is what we want to be. Like, let's let's run it. So like again, like you can't do shit without your homies, bro. I'm literally changing, I'm changing like when people see this, like see me with the US team and like shit like that, and like where I come from, and just like people look who look like me, when they see this, they're gonna know like nothing is impossible. But that only happened because of the energy that I have with the homies. 
You know what I mean? Like, if they didn't vibe with me, there's no way. And you know, it's another part is crazy. Like, timing is everything. When I first started, bro, I hit the US up, the US team up like a bunch, and I was talking to this lady. I was like, yo, let me come out. Let me come out. What's up? Like, let me come out. What the fuck? And she's like, yeah, like, we'll figure it out. And then, not this year, last year, this was the Olympic year. And she's like, hey, come out and run social for uh, us, you know, just come out. We only got 500 bucks for you. I'm like, bet. I was out there for like three days, ran social, da-da-da-da-da. But that was like a year ago. Now a year later, I'm on the team. So like entrepreneurs, guys trying to get it out there, like every opportunity matters. And if you're really hungry, you really got to take these opportunities and make them the best, bro. Like I could have been like, oh, they only going to give me $500. Like whatever, I'm, you know, I'm not messing with them. Nah, bro, energy is everything. Now I'm like traveling with the U.S. team, filming them homies, documenting that. Like, we got, what, 2023? We got three years before the Olympics. You got Chloe Kim coming back this year. Like, I'm set up to film some crazy shit attached to something, I'm, uh, the things I'm already doing, like filming the onlys. Like, you can't you can't elevate if you're doing it by yourself. <laughs> yeah, shit's crazy. Um, so that, that reminds me of something that Chris and I were talking to on the way to come get you at the airport and that you – especially when you're getting started and you have all these new opportunities, you can't just say no, like you, you're going to say yes, right? And you got to go after everything. And then, you know, you can start to say no and like, oh, it was only 500 or so, you know, whatever. You got to say yes right away. Once, yeah, once that, you know, is too much or like, yeah, you have to start, you know, cutting things off the schedule, then you can start saying no and start getting picky. But Correct. right away, especially, you got to take it, take those opportunities as they come. Get your just, foot in the door. Exactly. Get your foot in the door and then you can decide what, what goes left and right. Now, mm-hmm. I've, I've been blessed enough now I have... Dude, schedule is fucking booked. It's booked as fuck. Like, it's booked. Mm-hmm. So I get the opportunity to say no to things. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But crazy, I'm not even saying no. I'm saying, actually, I got a homie who got you. You know what I mean? So Or, like, or maybe right, not right now. Yeah, exactly. But, yeah. Exactly, exactly. But, yeah, get, dude, yeah, you got to be hungry. You can't say you, you can't be, um, put yourself on a pedestal. You got to be at the bottom and you got to be hungry. And that goes with, like, a lot of things, to be honest. You know what I mean? Like, it, it, you just got to be able to uh, to make shit happen. If you're not trying to make shit happen, someone else will. So I was like, bro, I'm going to take this $500, whatever. The person I, you know, like, that was nothing crazy. That was nothing like crazy. I didn't meet anybody crazy. I was just working with Dossie. Um, I didn't fucking, yeah, shout out to Dossie. I didn't fucking, nothing crazy happened from that. But I got to say when, when it was time to talk about me coming on long term, oh, I've already done work with you guys. You were there. I, I've been here before. The the gang knows me. Mm-hmm. And, and then I think it's fucking huge for the U.S. team to 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 hire a black filmer. One to have a black entity very present in U- U.S. halfpipe because halfpipe is like one of the biggest watched Olympic sports. It's the number one Olympic watched sport. So to have that attached to like U.S. team with like Lucas Foster, who's like, you know, stepping into the crown and Joey Oakson coming up and, and Chase Josie, who's been, this is his 11th season with the U.S. team. It speaks a lot about the energy and action. Do you really care? What are you really about? Your actions speak way louder than your words. A lot of companies, when I, 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 I looked up a lot of shit, and I check when Black History Month happens too. A lot of companies be don't say shit during Black History Month, but as soon as that shit over, Women's Month is popping. That shit going crazy. And no disrespect to my women, I fucking hype on Women's Month. I only the women in my life are fucking phenomenal. But it, it, it were actions speak louder than words from, it shows. from a lot of different. Yeah, it shows. And then it also just shows like with your energy. Like 
now like weird to say because the U.S. team is obviously way bigger entity than me, but now they get to be attached to the onlys, which will put them in a different category. Bruh. Bag. <laughs> bag. 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 That's a U.S. team bag. Silly. That's oh, my God. It's silly. That's a bag. It's a good point. Are you going to be filming with an iPad up there? I know there's a lot of people filming with iPads. <laughs> you know what's crazy? At the top. <laughs> you know what's crazy? <laughs> <laughs> is that is that Reynolds we're talking it's, about it's, here? It's so crazy because the the homies with the iPads be so mad when I pull up because <laughs> I got the speaker thumping and they're filming their kids oh, yeah. and all you hear is fucking freaky T. <laughs> it's just thumping. They're so fed up with me already. It's insane. You got if, if people that aren't familiar with the iPad references, you go to the top of any half pipe contest. There's people from every country. Half the people like not speaking English. There's and and every single coach has an iPad, and it's like a very serious like it's like a very serious environment of half pipe coaching with giant iPads. Yeah, but like the crew were over that serious shit. So if you see us like turned up and you have something negative to say, the 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 scheduled response is, we're just doing what it takes to win. So if you're up there tripping, that's on you. Keep that energy over there because we're not changing it <laughs> straight up. We're not down with the serious shit. And is that not better than just everyone sitting in their headphones in, just not talking to anybody? Like, well, I was like, with, I was like, with that the, shit sucks. I was with the boys a lot last year, not on the US team, but like did a couple things with them and obviously just filming the homies. But I was with them and we did it last year and it didn't work. Everyone was super serious before drop ins and then niggas would go get bodied. I'm just like, they're like, all right, this shit doesn't work. I'm like, sick. I know what does work. Let's have fun. Like, I think, yeah, snow, like the competitive style of snowboarding is super serious. I get it because, like, that shit is gnarly, super gnarly, like super crazy gnarly. But it's also, you get, it's like got to be a thin line, you know what I mean? Like, Kobe wasn't serious all the time, but he was serious a lot of the time. You got to find your, your fluctuation. I just don't like the vibes up there sometimes mm-hmm. when they're just all quiet. Yeah, you got to find the freaky tea. Facts. <laughs> I do love that Scotty James, who came on the show, though, I was like, what's the vibe up there? And I guess you're trying to pull it out of him, pull it out of him. Finally, he's just like, I fucking hate everybody. I want to beat him. I want to fucking kill him. <laughs> <laughs> I was kind of like, respect that's for what being we honest. Like, yeah. I'm not saying like, that's what I want to be around, but I respect the honesty in mm-hmm. the sense that like. Facts. I, Facts. And he's winning. So. No, it's, yeah, it's his but way I, to do it. I also love, like, I've also seen, you know, a half-pipe rider who is, Fuck, I mean, I'll just say, I mean, I see, I seen Danny Cass back in the day smoke a giant fucking cannon at Van's Triple Crown that was, like, this fucking big and walk up there and fucking dominate and be, like, with a crowd of goons around him listening to music and and just fucking, that's also a great way to do it, too. You know what's mm-hmm. crazy? That, like, you know it's cr- how, the, how everything works, like, me joining them and then Danny Cass became the head coach? So we're... We're literally about to fuck up the whole industry. Danny Cass was like yeah. literally the person who fucked the whole industry up. Literally. Mm-hmm. 2.0 is coming up. It's fucked. <laughs> Both sides. The onlys and with the with the, the economy crew. <laughs> Silly. So beast. There's some shit happening. Oh, my God. There's a thunderstorm. Snowboarding's in a pretty good place. Facts. Facts. You know, but people might not think so. But And this is no discord to all the homies like in the backcountry doing gnarly shit. That shit is super fucking insane, and I respect those homies that film it, that fucking ride it. I honestly think that shit is beautiful, and I, 
I would love to like figure out how to get in there, but obviously it takes some years and some and some patience and a, and a yes from my wife, <laughs> straight up. But like, I just want to say that like no discord to any snowboarders out there. I respect everyone doing their shit. I just think what I want to do is more important, and I feel like what they what they want to do is more important too. Like, just know, just shit, do your shit straight up, and don't be mad when when we come doing our shit and you don't like it because we don't give a fuck. God, I love it. Beautiful. We're going to get into hot takes. (laughs) (laughs) This is going to get spicy. I'm dead. Okay. Uh, We like to start it off by... uh, This is as it pertains to you. We're not even trying to pull up stat sheets. It's just kind of who's your goat? Who's your MJ of snowboarding, both male and female? Who you got? Wow. Sparky. For sure. Mark Mick, okay. Great. Just like, shout out to the dude for just being a great human. Great human, great person to be around on the board, off the board, at night, during the day, whatever. Tommy's just got good energy. And then our Tahoe queen, Jamie Anderson. Mm. Come on now. If I didn't say that, my wife would literally not open the door. (laughs) (laughs) Great answer. Okay. Snowboarding to use art or a sport? Art. It's beautiful. Style is very important. Kids, work on your pokes. You're boning out, your butters, your stees, very important. Okay, who's the most underrated in your point in your opinion? I I, I feel like Irie's pretty underrated. Yeah. He, he, if you Certainly. if you snowboard with Irie, you'd be like, How the fuck do you not have all the major contracts ever? Yeah. He's literally insane. He's like a he went to college for snow and he just doesn't stop talking. Like <laughs> don't shut the fuck up. But he's really good at snowboarding. I love <laughs> hey bro, I love you straight up. I think you're very underrated. I think people devalue you, but uh, like, just let them keep doing that. We'll do what we got to do. A yeah. steel or powder? Oh, my God, powder. Fuck steel. <laughs> fuck, fuck. Hey, fuck steel. Fuck steel. I'm ready to whip pow turns. I'm just kidding, Rob. Don't Damn, I was like, me. it's like that. I just, I just, gen- <laughs> I am so good. I'm not going to say so good. Snowboards are going to start tripping. You. But I love fucking riding pow. Like, in Tah- I'm in Tahoe, so we get snow. And, like, dude, that shit is, oh. And your power is like cement. Oh, it's <laughs> fucking insane. I got so many power days this year. It was absolutely nuking. Okay. In your opinion, who has the best style ever? Style, eh? Good answer. Good answer. Best method? I really like Brock's method. I was going to say, bro, you film this one it's all the time. If you fuck this <laughs> one sure, up, I'll be so pissed. He like, go, he, like, he like goes in. He hits the melon first. And yeah, then he, he fucking does. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, Brock. He knows how to let it breathe. Literally. Really good method. Who's the goat of snowboard filmmaking? Filmer. Yeah, easy. With generational talent, like you can't, you can't, you can't. Everyone can do what everyone else is doing, but you can't do what Spinny did. It's impossible. Mm. Right place, right time. Mm. Okay. Uh, Best snowboard graphic ever, in your opinion, or favorite graphic? I fuck with the Tupac Tupac graphic that Burton did. Shit was fire. But uh, dude, I also just saw. Uh, from Slush World Quarters, what's the board with the that looks like a skateboard at the bottom? Oh, the Sims. Uh, that shit's fire. Oh dude. yeah, that that's shit's a, that's hard. Blum is Blum riding that? Or is that a, a Slaz? Nick did that back in the day. Is that what it was? I'm not 100 percent sure. Yeah, I think it was Slaz back in the day. Uh, and then, uh, if you favorite musical artist slash band, 
favorite musical? Probably Brent. Brent. It's not Tries. S- yeah. It's not Silk D? No. Okay. Oh, my bad. Hey, Silk, so, so, Silk, <laughs> I... So, Damn. Time out. So, I accidentally get, deleted the whole episode. <laughs> oh, my God. Silk so, got to give me the hard drive. I, I for sure put that shit on the mix. For sure. I'm dead. Silk's so, like, fuck out of here. Uh, okay. If you could go heliboarding with three people, dead or alive, you can take celebrities, you can take you can take whoever you want, really. Just going for good times. Who are you throwing in the heli with? You got three open seats. My wife, her sister, and her sister's boyfriend. Hmm. Great answer. Commendable. I say young Dolly opted to take Mike Tyson, which I <laughs> <laughs> That's so sick. I, I mean, my first question is like can they snowboard? You know, like, are we assuming that they can keep up, or or what? You know, like, no, say it's a celebrity, just be in there for right? Com- comedic relief. Okay, okay. You know, they get out in the bird, and they're there when you strap in, and they go back into the bird, and then you meet them at the bottom, and you get picked picked back up. Okay. My wife Sick. and her sister are the ones who taught me how to snowboard. They like rip so hard, way harder than me. So it'd be sick to watch them rip some pow. That's how make that happen. That's gonna happen, actually. Oh, fast. Yeah, fast. what? That's gonna put happen. it on the list, dude. They're, they're, it's done. They're, they're, they, they said they're not ready for the heli. Maybe when they're thirty, mm. they'll be ready. No, they, they're ready to ride it. They just don't want to go in the helicopter. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, worst trend. What do you got? Damn. Only follow camming. It's gonna hurt some homies' feelings. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's gonna be hurtful. That's gonna be hurtful. All right, that does it for for uh, hot takes. That's pretty much it. That's now. a hard one to end on. They're gonna be pissed. I'm gonna get some DMs. Yo, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? Tommy G and Colton Feldman, like, dude. <laughs> what the fuck? No, I do. I just think you know, like, no, I feel you. For me, snowboarding is such an expressive, creative sport, and I think follow camming is super sick. But also, you got to think of yourself as a business. Follow camming is like a young thing. Once you get older, what are you gonna do? You gotta learn the sticks, baby. Gotta learn the sticks if you want it. You gotta, you gotta be able to. There's some longevity. You know, the follow cameras be getting fucked up. And if you only do that, no one's gonna hire you to do anything else but follow cam. So you gotta learn everything else. So I can go follow cam and I can go run sticks. Gotta diversify the bag. Exactly. That's and diversify the content pool. Holy fuck! Every video does not need to be a follow cam, but the follow cams are super sick. But to me. Every video does not to be, need to be a follow. Show me some. Show me. Show me just how the riders have to do different tricks. So do you. Mm. To the same point, can't be every every shot's a fisheye shot. Exactly. It just gets stale. So. You need a little long lens, Larry, in there. You need a little exactly. fish. Got to diversify your bag. You got to be able to push it out. But damn. Those, you want diversity of the bag. So fun. No, they're fucking fun too. They're, <laughs> they're super fun. They're super fun. But then you have like companies who only post follow cams. So now everything else is like diluted. So you're mm-hmm. only getting homies who are shooting follow cams, getting like just that's all you see. So if that's all you see. Like that's super dope. But like, why is snowboarding so beautiful? Because of how it's filmed. You get a fucking fisheye from a, like a thirty foot drop. It looks insane. You get a long lens shot from <sighs> from from a different angle of a jump. Like, I, dude, film like Russell. Russell, Sparky's filmer, film like Russell. Russell 69. Yes. Fucking Russell Chad. Did Films. you guys see his footwear at, at Oakley Week? Or yeah. what was he? He was repping, the, or no, I just saw him at Peace Park. Uh-huh. He has the, the, the Nike gigantic, like, dad 
shoes that are like oh really yeah dude, clunky. He, dude like, his style is so crazy like, he wears like camo and then like the dad trainers <laughs> it's crazy <laughs> dude, but that's, that's like that's his shit and it's awesome it's fire it's fire all right we talk about uh setups and instead of asking about your snowboard setup i think it'd be cool for you to talk about your camera setup fire fire so right now i've got uh allow a nine millimeter on so that's kind of replacing my fisheye it's still super duper wide but i just kind of wanted to take the abbreviations like off of the, the screen because I did that like mm, a lot of last year. So just switching up my bag for this this upcoming year. Diversify uh, the bag. Facts, facts. Um, I got that. And then un- under that, I've got my GoPro, the GoPro 11. Um, so that if I blow the shot with the red, I still got the shot. It's like for the athletes. So I just, if I'm doing some funky creative shit, they're not really like stressing on it because I got the clip underneath. Double, double angle type vibes. Um, that Or then if I'm not running the red, I'm doing the, the GoPro. Uh, for follows and I'm not throwing my mic on there I'm not getting too crazy on it like I should but I just kind of just whip it out just keep it because the GoPro time is like fun time for me because I get to ride so I kind of keep it loose um uh 70 uh 24 to 70 on the red too and then I got a 70 to 200 that I use for my FX3 because I haven't got a long lens for the red but uh yeah dude and then I got this like mini DVD dad cam that I pull around that are for like the vibes and like like behind the scenes um just like emotional standpoint, like we hanging out, it's kind of put it somewhere and no one really notices it. I do that a lot for the doc. I kind of put the camera somewhere and then leave it there running. And then a lot of a lot of magic happens. I whooped Irie's ass in Uno and he was pissed and I got it all. <laughs> you got that whole thing. Oh my th- God, he like stormed out of the room. Bro, I heard there was a whole discourse. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Keir Dillon does not know how to play Uno. Holy shit. Him or Irie, <laughs> they suck at it. You guys suck. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, you got to be nice with the Uno. Uh, Dude, so they're playing like street Uno. You know what that is? <laughs> I'm not entirely sure. Me either. Yeah, and <laughs> that's what I well, we were all thing, saying. The one, the one thing we do with Uno is the one you throw a one, you change your cards. You guys ever play that? No, but that sounds uh, like very simple. They were saying some, they were saying a bunch of bullshit, and I, and I was just like, I'm not having it. We're not doing it. Irie got so mad at me. He went to bed. <laughs> I'm so sad I missed that trip. Bruh. <laughs> it sounded so sad. Yeah, bruh. That's what maybe we should talk about that before we let's talk about it, yeah. Yeah, dude. Like we've I've gotten to do a couple trips with the with a with the TDI crew. So the technically doing it crew is the all the professional black snowboarders. So we started that crew. Um we've gotten to do a couple trips. We went to Taos, fucking got on private jets to get to Taos. Fucking, oh, shit. Yeah, dude. Stayed stayed in like the fucking the penthouse, fucking eight K a night type shit, and they took care of us. Whew. Yeah, dude. Um that was like our first round of interviews with like Keir Dillon, Stevie Bell, Adros, Cody Williams, Kevin. Kevin's from uh from Europe. Um, Mike McDaniel was also there. We had a squad, bro. We had a, a dope, dope, dope squad. And then we did another trip to Winter Park where uh it was a little bit of the the economy crew with Joey Lucas, um, and then also Cody was there and myself. And then we also just did another trip to Palisades, uh as a as a crew, Cure, Stevie, Adros, Irie, um, myself, Joey, uh, Chase, um, yeah. And this is like this is something that I think everyone should should go do, bro. Like link up with the mountains and take your crew and, and treat them like you know what I mean. Like make sure everyone has access to these different these different entities. And I think that the more we use them and the more like you know. Going getting content at a mountain with the mountain is like super dope and it's a way to establish your brand and also like establish connections for other riders. Like, you know, we took Cody somewhere and now Cody's like doing stuff with Icon and he's super dope and like all it took was for him to like meet them one time, you know what I mean? So I think um 
don't think anything is too big and 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 definitely try to do stuff at home you know what i mean like do stuff around your town do stuff with your crew with the mountain with the city with the with the shops in town like you got to create your own culture and that's kind of like what we're doing and like i think why like people see this kind of stuff we're doing and it's infectious because like we're just doing it with the homies we're not doing anything with like these massive ass brands all the time you know what i mean which is also needed but it's okay to do some shit with when there's no budget and the homies got to fly out and you know some people got to drive together I think that's even better. It really it, it shows you're you're doing the shit from the bottom. So when when you're making the dollars, it's it, it makes sense for everyone. Dope. Is that the trip the Palisades one where Stevie was wheeling the dirt bike on the street? Yeah, yeah. See, that's what type of shit we do, bro. We go dirt biking. We we, we play basketball. I whooped their ass in basketball. Um, yeah, dude. We just we just have a good time and we just hang out with each other and we create we create these safe spaces so people can develop as people and, and not always be on the run from their minds. The court with you on it is not a safe space. It's not. It's actually scary. Danny's been <laughs> fucking struggling his demons back there. He's like, oh, my yeah. God. He's <laughs> been sweating. Sweating. He's, he's taking a nap. He's exorcism stuff. Yeah, he's shadow boxing. He's watching jumper tips on YouTube. Yeah, he's been, yeah, definitely <laughs> doing some tutorials. I saw him doing some 40-yard dashes in the back, some wind sprints. Uh, we only got a couple questions left here. Um, one of them being, uh, what's next for Keeping Lou? Yeah, doc. So after this, July 5th through the 9th, but it's like July 8th through the 9th for the public. We're doing TDI, technically doing it. The All Black Snowboard crew is doing an event with Snowboy. We're doing a special build up in Mount Hood where we'll have, you know, um, all our, our whole crew will be there. Zeb, Rob, everybody will come. Um, and then it'll also be, it's, a, it's called Halo Halo, which is a Filipino dessert. Um, it's basically the, the essence of the dessert is mixing all the ingredients together. It's meant to be mixed before you eat it. We're making all our cultures and, and uh, having an event up there at Hood for July. Um, August, uh, I'm going to Chile with Burden, which I'm fucking, fucking pumped about, bro. Going to Chile, like, what? I'm fucking, two years ago, I was, at, I was in the gym. It's crazy. Um, and then fucking September, end of September, uh, season starts. I'm going to Europe. I'll be in Europe until November. Five people come out for like three weeks as well to get some vacay time while I'm there. And dude, we're, we're back into it. Yeah, back, in, back into the mix. Grinding. Love it. Facts. Incredible. Uh, okay. Well, uh, lastly, I mean, where can people find you if they're interested in checking out your YouTube channel, your IG, all that? Bruh, this Graham's uh, Cuban Lou. YouTube is Louis Medeiros. Um, yeah, I kind of post all my shit on, on Graham. Um, I was talking with Salima, so I'm going to be doing a lot more, you know, behind the scenes of, like, what it's like to kind of do my job, kind of not pink. Like a little bit of piggybacking on kind of how Spinny d- deep dives in, and I think it'd be super dope to kind of show people like snowboarding from my perspective and the things I get to do. So I'm gonna be kind of doing a little bit of vlog type stuff, but not like vlog type stuff. Kind of just my way. Obviously, you guys have noticed like the way I do shit is a little different. But um, yeah, that's that's what I'll be doing. Check in soon. Um, probably I'll start doing like some more behind the scenes shit when we uh when we go to Chile because of the the Halo Halo stuff is uh that that stuff is for the for the onlys. Amazing. Okay, uh, lastly, do you want to throw some thank yous out before we wrap this thing up? Yeah, man. Um, hell yeah. Uh, shout out to the Carpenter family. Shout out to George. Shout out to Burton. Um, shout out to Becky at Red Bull, Zeb, Squad, Salima, Russell. Shout out to, shout out, big shout out to Russ. Shout out to my mom, my wife, my little bro, my other mom as well, Mikey. Um, my whole family, you guys are my team. You guys, I, they, I really couldn't do no shit without them straight up. Um, shout out to LJ and his fam. I love them to death. Uh, shout out to the whole TDI crew, the whole Economy crew. Like, really appreciate them for uh, 
really accepting me who I am and, and, and just jumping on board and, and fucking with the ship. Um, shout out to uh, shout out to all the homies who work at Boreal, who have worked at Boreal, Sean, LJ, Matt Peterson. I fuck with you guys tough. Um, shout out to Katie at Icon, um, who fucking has super, been super awesome working with her. Um, shout out to Ryan at Oakley. You know, anybody who's really helped me get to where I am, shout out to TJ and Jesse from uh, the Run DMC squad. And just being a part of this process, like I really, really, you, you guys know, I deeply appreciate you. I, I, I genuinely care about our relationships, and, and a lot of this, none of this would be possible without my people. And I think that's like a, a life lesson I always think about is, and that's why I roll how I do is nothing is possible without people. Damn, dude, good stuff. Well, I want to say thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your story. Um, and inspiring so many, and we we dude we appreciate you. It's been a really fun conversation. So thank you so much. Thank you, big dog. Thanks, Fucking Rob. Love you, Thanks. Luke. <laughs> been so sick. Yeah, dog. Appreciate you hopping in here in the booth, dude. I just want to say, like, crazy, like it just being me, but like Rob, we got two brown boys in the booth on the bottom. I know. It's fucking legendary right here, straight up. This is this awesome. is the most colored this booth has ever looked. Facts, I think. facts, and it's, it's, <laughs> it's sick, bro. It's sick. Appreciate you. Legendary, right. legendary stuff. So thank you guys so much uh, for coming on. And then all of, obviously thank you so much to the sponsors. Everybody that tunes in, everybody that supports the whole snowboard community, you guys fucking rule. And uh, we appreciate you. And uh, we got another podcast coming at you in a couple weeks. So uh, thanks. Over and out from the bomb hole. Peace. Yes, dude. So sick. sick. What a good show, Silky D. Yo. The silk cam, fucking all kinds of... <laughs>